Thanks so much for joining me here on the June 23rd edition of the Score MMA Podcast. I am your host, James Lynch. We're going to start the show off with UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky to break down his rematch against Max Holloway at UFC 251 on July 11th. After that, we'll be joined by Joseph Benavidez, the man who will be rematching Davidson Figueroa on UFC Fight Night on July 18th. He's going to be fighting for the vacant flyweight title after that we're going to be joined by 11th ranked welterweight jeff neal he hasn't fought since december and uh, he's looking to get back in there as soon as possible we talk about why he hasn't fought who he's looking to fight next and when he is looking to return after that we'll be joined by pedro munoz now pedro was supposed to be fighting frankie Edgar on ufc 251 that has since moved to the july 15th card in the co-main event some really good stuff there from pedro who uh, welcomes frankie Edgar to the bantamweight division after that we'll be joined by brendan allen and kyle Dawkins. they're both fighting this saturday against each other we got back-to-back interviews with both of those guys some really good stuff there especially from brendan who was supposed to fight ian heinish he talks about why he still wants that fight with ian heinish after this fight on saturday against kyle Dawkins, the newcomer after that we'll be joined by ufc featherweight uh yusuf zalal he's going to be fighting jordan griffin on short notice this saturday at ufc fight night some really good stuff there for the up-and-comer from factory x and then we're going to end the show with julia avila she's coming off a really quick win uh, in her last fight against gina mazzani where she finished her in the first round uh she's actually got another fight book coming up here uh, very shortly. She's going to be taking on Nico Montano in a rematch coming up here on the August 8th card for UFC Fight Night. So uh, there you go. That is today's lineup. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Lynch on Sports and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the score MMA. I hope you enjoy today's show. Always great chatting with the featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. He's going to be rematching Max Holloway at UFC 251 on July 11th. Alex, how are you, man? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. Training hard, getting ready, but I'm good. And it's good to see this fight get booked or to get you to have a fight. I know when we spoke way back in, I want to say earlier this year, um, you know, there, there wasn't a next fight booked. I know you had some time to recover and all that. Um, was this always the fight? Because I know you mentioned it was a possibility back then, but were there any other opponents offered or was it always Max Holloway? There was never anyone else offered. It was always Max uh, pretty much from straight after the fight. You know, uh, like, you know, obviously his name was getting mentioned and they were saying uh, rematch uh, in, in Australia. So that was always what it was going to be. Uh, then, it, you know, it would get got quiet here and there, obviously, through what was happening and that as well. So I didn't really know, but there was never anyone else uh, that was uh, rung to me. So it was always going to be Max. And like I, as I've been saying, man, towards uh, the end of the, you know, like well, the last few months or, you know, the last four or five months, I wanted it to be Max, you know what I mean? I started there telling myself, look, that's it. That's the fight I want. I don't care. I don't care if I, you know, I beat him five rounds uh, to nil or whatever it is. And a lot of people saying, like, should he get the rematch? And, you know, a lot of people saying he should as well. But I was just like, I don't care. This is this fight I need. Uh, as a, as you could probably hear me talking about, you know, I've got something, something to prove, you know what I mean? So I just can't wait to go out there and, and do my thing. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm, a, I'm the best featherweight in the world and I get to show that again. And I know the other name that was mentioned was Henry Cejudo. And I know that you said in the ESPN interview that fight was never an option. It was never on the table or anything like that. Was that because the UFC never presented it to you and you never asked them about it? I'm assuming that's why that never came to fruition? Yeah, 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 pretty much. So that was, uh, that's how it was. Obviously, his, his name was getting mentioned everywhere, but, you know, it was never uh, rung to me. And uh, again, like, as, I, as I've said, I'm not going to go chasing uh, people outside my division and whatnot so you know i was always gonna whoever's next in line whoever deserves it that's that's how i was but i was just saying like i started maybe considering that fight if it was cut, offered to me because the fact that you know he's no longer in the featherweight the uh, bantamweight division flyweight division 
yeah, now I, you know, I, you know, I'm not holding up any divisions. I hate that. I hate people holding up, you know, divisions. So if he was to move up to try and go for the third title and holding up two divisions, I would have been like, nah, you're dreaming. I, I think that's a that's shit. And uh, our division was in a in a state where it was either Max or there wasn't really anyone else. So I was thinking maybe you could squeeze him in. You never know. You get what I mean? So that was maybe maybe an option. Like now, you know what I mean? But now we've got a. You know, in the next few months, we're going to have a lot of uh, UFC uh, featherweight uh, fighters going at it, top-ranked guys. So it's good. Uh, you know, the featherweight division starting to spice up. You know, so there's going to get a lot of attention. And I guarantee you, after all these fights, there's going to be so many different number one contenders. You know, I mean, everyone's going to be throwing all these names. He's going to do it. He's going to do this. Blah blah blah. And then you know, it'll be time for me to prove myself again. And uh, I love it. You know what I mean? You know, just love proving people wrong. So if, if the Cejudo fight is still on the table, potentially after this, um, how do you feel like you would match up against Henry in that fight? Because very intriguing matchup. Obviously, he's an Olympic wrestler and, you know, he's really worked on his standup as well. We saw that in the last fight with Dominic Cruz. How do you see a fight between you and him going from a style perspective? Yeah, I mean, look, I'll just obviously be too much everywhere. You know, I'm too much uh, for the, the bigger guys. And uh, yeah, again, he's uh, look, he's got a lot of skill. You know, I, I'm not knocking the guy. You know what I mean? I've got a lot of respect for him. He's done some big things. But, uh, you know, we're just a, a whole different beast and, you know, I'm just way too well-rounded. Obviously, his wrestling uh, isn't going to be a factor against me uh, and just just purely I'm just I'm just too smart as well. So, you know, I'm smart, I'm fast and and I hit hard, you know what I mean? So I've got all the tools to, to be hard for anyone, especially someone that's a division lower than me. So, uh, you know, you could only imagine uh, how that fight would go. Uh, I just, you know, I think I'd be able to just bully him, uh, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I'm, again, enough about respect to the dude, but, you know, obviously he's moving up divisions and it gets harder and harder as you move up. It certainly so, uh, does. I guarantee no. you, yeah, I guarantee you if he got to my division, uh, I'll put him straight back into retirement. The other thing I caught in that ESPN interview is I know it was a little bit difficult to uh, get training together just because of COVID-19 and, and all that. One thing I did want to ask you about COVID-19 was, uh, you know, was this fight, was it, were you hoping to have this fight sooner, but with COVID-19 that kind of delayed things? Or is this the right amount of time you wanted in between your last fight and this one? No, I wanted to fight earlier than that. Like I was, remember, I was meant to fight in Perth a couple of weeks ago. You know, that, that was, I was meant to main event, be main event. Me and Max were going to run it back there, so... That's you know that you know that was maybe almost pushing it, I guess you could say, uh, but uh, but not really. At the same time, like oh, I could have easily fought like you know uh, two weeks ago. So, but I mean that was where all right we can draw the line there. You know, you know from a broken hand doing next to nothing for so long, and then all right let's get twelve weeks of rehab and fight camp. I can get it done. But anything after that, it's plenty of time. You know what I mean? So, you know I was able to stay strong and fit while all this was happening and uh, you know but to have that contact training now you know got the exemption to train got uh, all the best fighters in Australia uh, that's come to the you know to freestyle fighting gym to where we are you know we're all under the same bubble you know obviously we've got a whole process to make things happen but it's incredible you know what I mean the team done a good job to to make it so I could train and and obviously getting my training partners. So, you know, I'm very thankful to be in the position I am and to be able to bust my ass like I am doing. So no training at City Kickboxing for this camp. Is that, the, is that sort of the idea there? Yeah, so no, no training there. But, I mean, in saying that, you know, same schedule. Uh, obviously really good training partners anyway. And then I still got the boys. Like I was just video chatting, uh, you know, Brad Riddell last, just yesterday going through some of my sparring 
and you know little things to work with. So we're just breaking things down. You know what I mean? So it's the same. It's the same. If anything, it's a uh, it's probably more breaking down right now. You know, the boys are probably going over my sparring footage more. Where you know what I mean? Like this, this like they're trying to do as much as they can. But you know what I mean? When you're there, sometimes oh, you're seeing it in front of you. You can you know you. You're stuck in complacent. You'll be like, oh, yeah, he's doing good. Oh, yeah, whatever. But now they're like, all right, we need to really see what's happening, what's up. You know what I mean? So they're really, really taking taking it all in and, uh, you know, looking at uh, little habits that I need to change or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, so same as uh, the Joe, you know, my coach and everyone. So everyone's just – everyone's doing their part still. So it's the exact same. But, uh, you know, just still bust my same schedule. Does your corner get impacted by that or is it the same corner as, as you normally have? Same corner. So they're all still going to come with me. So I'm still going to have Eugene, Brad Riddell, and obviously my head coach, uh, Joe Lopez. I'll even have uh, Frank Hickman because he'll be over there oh, as excellent. well. Oh, excellent. Okay, good. So, yeah. So it's going to be, yeah, exact same. Exact same corner. Exact same team. Fantastic. How's the weight cut going? Because, uh, again, you know the fight's set now. And uh, I know, you know, it's it's a process, right, to, to get down to 45. Yeah, well, there was a, you know, I, I probably started a little bit heavy because, man, this was a short notice fight. So they only told me a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, or just over a couple of weeks ago, sorry. So I started a little heavy, you know, isolation. And, you know, even though I was trying to eat reasonably good, I was still a little bit heavier. You know, usually I find out about a fight a bit earlier and then I can slowly drop it down. But I had to get stuck into it straight away. But, I mean, my body just knows. My body just knows. I'm already lean as shit, you know what I mean? My body's exactly where, where it should be. So it didn't take me long at all. So, you know, I'm actually... Pretty uh, pretty happy with uh, where I'm at right now, and obviously so is my nutritionist, and so uh, it's uh, it's all good. So we're 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 right on track. Uh, some people even going, are you too light at the moment? Like that's that's how I'm looking at the moment. So that's pretty oh, good. Good. Okay. Well, that's that's always nice to get that, that type of feedback. <laughs> um, what's the mentality going into this fight compared to the first fight? Because you do have the win over him. That mentally has to play a little bit into his head, knowing that he lost. And it it wasn't like it was a close fight. I think anyone watching that fight felt like you won. It wasn't like a controversial decision. So how much do you think that'll play into the rematch? Man, it's a, it, it's a totally different, uh, totally different for me. You know what I mean? Uh, I went in there, game plan. You know what I mean? I, you know, had to do this, uh, stick to everything. So I know, like, I know I can beat Max. Uh, you know, give me a full camp, give me a full, uh, uh, you know, game plan or whatever it is, and beat Max at his own, Max at his own game. I know I can do that. I've already done that. Uh, I know I can. I know I can knock him out too. I know I can finish him. So, and that's a hard task. That's a lot of people don't think that can be done. So that's that's what I want this this fight. You know, I want to go out there and do my thing. Obviously, everyone knows I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm not a stupid fighter. I'm not just going to go out there and brawl like an idiot. You know, that's not me. But put it this way, uh, there, there'll probably be a few more risks, and I'm I'm really going to be turning uh, some of them uh, knuckles right in. So, and I think he's going to come forward as well. So I think this is a whole different fight. I think he's seen success uh, when he did more. So uh, I believe that's what he's going to have to do, and uh, that's just that's just calling for a. Pretty exciting uh, wild fight, so I'm looking forward. We're both fit. We're both going to go for it, and you know I think I'm finishing him. And if he is as uh, tough as they say, the ref might have to step in. You know what I mean? But we'll see. But again, I'm ready to go five rounds if I have to. But 
that's not good enough for me right now. I want to finish him. Are you seeing sort of a featherweight tournament sort of playing out as far as your next opponent? Not looking past Max, but I'm sure you look ahead as far as to what's after this. Um, they haven't announced it yet, but it looks like it's going to be the Korean Zombie and Brian Ortega and potentially Yair Rodriguez and Zabit Magomed Sharapov. There's also Kater and Ige. Do you see sort of one of those winners, uh, you know, putting on an impressive performance, potentially fighting the winner of this fight? Is that sort of what you're looking at? Well, mate, like it's, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So I've definitely got my eye on, on all of them. And uh, that's what I mean by it spicing up. I don't know if they're confirmed, but uh, there's a lot of people talking about it, and I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. And, man, that's exciting. It's exciting for me as well. Because like, I don't know if you remember me talking, maybe when I was talking to you last time, or, like a big problem, people like going, oh, you know, what's next? I'm like, well, we need to find out who's the number one contender because there's, there's no one really – everyone's all in the same sort of position, I believe. They're all one fight away. That's how I felt. There's like four or five of them that are like one fight away from being a title contender. And now they're all fighting each other. So this is, you know, I wish this happened earlier. And then, you know, that this everyone would have been, you know, you probably, even though I want this rematch, like I said, this is a match, this is the fight I want. But I guarantee you, like, you know, it would have been hard to give it to Max if one of them guys, say, your Korean zombie took out uh, Ortega or, or, you know, Zabit took out, yeah, your Rodriguez. Uh, you know what I mean? It would be hard to take that away from from them fighters. So, but I mean, that, that wasn't, that didn't happen. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, Max uh, was a great champion, and they want to, they you know, want to give him that rematch. And like I said, I'm all for it. Nothing but respect to the man. But again, uh, I'm, I'm the best featherweight in the world. And I need to prove that uh, July 11th, and he wants to prove me wrong. And uh, he's, and we're both gamers. He's going to come forward. We're both going to bring it on. I can't wait. Nothing but respect. But I refuse to lose. Yes. Um, last question. I, I know we got to wrap things up here quickly. Um, we got, uh, obviously, your fight on, on the 11th, like you mentioned, and we talked about how, you know, there's a lot of work to be done in the featherweight division just because there is some contenders uh, in the wings. But uh, lightweight, uh, is that something you'd ever consider? Because Habib Nurmagomedov, I think that's one fight that people would love to see is you and Habib. Do you ever see yourself fighting Habib Nurmagomedov in the future? Yeah, look, I, I do. Again, uh, as I said, I'm not the one that, that I don't like people chasing other divisions, running away from their division, whatever, but that is definitely an option. So right now I've got a, I've got a belt to defend and then there's probably going to be number one contender. Like, you know, I, I want to stay, you know, I want to stay active. So I'll fight, but I mean, early next year, if something comes to me like uh, that fight, I'll have to take it. And again, like, you know, uh, I'll just, I'll leave this here. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, Khabib's one of the goats as well. Nothing but respect to the dude, but, I'm one man to ha- – I'm very, very, very hard to hold down. So, uh, you know, I'll just leave that in everyone's, uh, in everyone's mind but before, we, before we head off. So, uh, you know what I mean? I, I've obviously got the brains. I've uh, got the cardio. Um, I'm a freak when it comes to holding on the ground. It's just almost impossible to hold me on the ground. But, uh, you know, I'll just leave that in everyone's mind. But, again, nothing but respect to all the fighters that are in the UFC. But, we, you know – Every single one of us want to prove something. And, uh, you know, eventually I want to prove myself in that lightweight division too. Alex, appreciate the time. Anything you want to plug? Any social media? Any sponsors? The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, man, just it. Tune in July 11th. We're going to do it. You know, obviously, uh, social media at Alex Volkanovsky. Stay tuned. Got some cool videos. Check them out. Keep up to date. My next guest is going to be taking on Davidson Figueroa in a rematch coming up here July 18th for the vacant flyweight title. It is Joseph Benavidez joining me here on the program. Joe, how are you, man? 
What's up, man? Great to uh, finally talk to you. Yes, it's good to connect with you, man. And I, uh, I appreciate it. This kind of came together at the last minute, which is awesome. I always love these. Um, but first, let's talk about the rematch itself. Uh, was there ever a point you thought this might not happen? I know they kind of insinuated it would after the event, but you never know when it comes to booking uh, rematches. Well, um, the only time, honestly, I didn't think it was going to happen was like, it's funny because I kind of knew a rematch was going to happen within, you know, um, 30 minutes after the fight, 45 minutes after the fight. So I'll tell you what, though, like that 30 to 45 minutes, even just in between was it was like the most devastating, one of the most devastating times I could feel because I just wasn't everything goes so fast. And, you know, I was rocked by the headbutt and eventual punch that started it. So, you know, when I immediately get up, I just kind of know I lost. And I was so rocked by this headbutt that it wasn't until later that they said, well, you know, it was like a headbutt. How did that affect you? And I was like, that was like what was finishing me. And, you know, everything kind of started to come about, you know. I mean, I've never been finished like that. I've been finished one time and it was like I was out. And then I woke up. That one was, you know, like a sequence. So I didn't really quite know how it happened. And then they're like, yeah, you know, that's how the cut happened. That's and I was like, oh, my God. So waking up from it and that part after was really the only time when, you know, a lot of things flashed through your head. Like, man, I'm like, that was my last chance ever. And I thought going in, you know, like this was my last title shot ever. You know, obviously only to me, I feel some weird circumstances could happen. You know, the guy missed weight, you know. You get this, you know, something that could have been called an accidental foul and should have been um, very well. I would have just liked the chance to, you know, recover and, and continue to compete, obviously, that last time. So, yeah, that was really the only time. But I was getting stitches in the back and my managers are like, hey, it's not over. Don't worry. And like in my mind, I'm like, that was my last title shot ever. What do you mean? And they're like, no, like look at what happened, dude. Like, that's not a satisfying ending to anything. The belt's still vacant. And, you know, it was a good fight until, you know, ref missed the call or whatever, you know. So I was like, perfect. So I've just been waiting, you know, really the whole time, kind of knowing it was going to happen, you know. Obviously, the quarantine and everything happened too. So I was like, that was another time when I was like, well, is this going to happen and when? And, uh, you know, but lucky during this quarantine that I got, a you know agreeable amount of time where some people are just getting thrown in on week notices so yeah and, and let's talk about that your day-to-day how has that changed since COVID-19 came into place because I know for a lot of the fighters where you guys train uh, you know at Extreme Couture and, and just in Vegas in general uh, it seems like you have been getting a little bit of training in which is good yeah we've been good man um you know Vegas we're lucky because it opened up you know, I think earlier than a lot of places did. And, you know, I typically, I'm not the guy that was, you know, hey, I'm training in my garage for this fight or anything. Um, it was it was a hard time for me because just the COVID, I didn't have a fight or anything, but getting back to training. So, you know, you lose a fight or you win a fight. Like your only real escape is the gym, you know, and getting back to what you're doing putting another goal on like I believe in just having like a short memory like if I win great I still have to do the same thing you know rest my body for a week or two get back in if I lose 
what's the difference? I got to rest my body and go back in. But when you, you know, when something like a loss, a traumatic loss at that um, happens, like all you want to do is get in the gym because that's the only time you can forget about it. Like, you know, you have glimpses during the day of, you know, hanging with your family and doing this, but it's always going to like pop through your mind, you know, especially during COVID when there's nothing to do. I mean, people are having a hard time just, you know, in general, just being still and idle at all times. So I'm sitting there, you know, with still this thing sulking. So that was hard. Like the hardest part was after a week of resting, all you want to do is get back in the gym and then you couldn't. So that long, like, um, how can we say, like, I'm trying to find just a good word for it. Just well, that, like, the unknown, so, right? You didn't know what was yeah, going to happen. Yeah, we, we, no one that, had an like, idea of when things were going to exactly, open Exactly. Just that sulking period after a fight that everyone goes through after a loss, mine was got so long because of COVID. Where usually it would have been two weeks and I would have been like, whatever, on to the next one. But it just got longer and longer because I couldn't just go into the gym and forget about it. I couldn't just go see all the people that made me forget about it. You know, I had my wife, my dog, family and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we're still sitting here. And a lot of the time you're idle and still, you know, I'm lucky I have a little uh, gym in my garage, but uh, our gyms opened up early here, you know, definitely with enough time to prepare for another uh, title fight. So just looking forward to that at this point. You have a lot of talents outside the cage. Uh, you know, we've seen obviously dapper scrappers and we've seen, we were just talking off air, you do some painting as well. So as you're not able to go to the gym and train, what are you doing with that extra time? And, and you mentioned your wife. I mean, she had to go and work as well. So I'm sure there were times when you're on your own and you're just with the dog. How did you fill up that time? Oh, it's a mess when she leaves. I don't know how me, <laughs> I don't know how me and Benny survived. We were just like scrounge for food and stuff like that. Um, order a lot of takeout, you know, that was also hard, but, uh, no, she actually really leaves us, um, well-equipped and, and loaded with food and stuff. But, uh, honestly, a lot of it I've been, I guess on the, on the creative side to like, um, spend my time. I like started just like a, like a sketchbook that is great that I could wake up every morning and just start drawing in it. And, uh, you know, I like drawing a lot. I like painting, um, stuff like that. Um, the thing with painting is it's hard, you know, and I'm the type that thinks I should just be good at everything. So like if my painting isn't a Basquiat, like, I just feel like I failed. Like if I can't sell it for a million dollars and it looks like it, like, cause painting's hard. Drawing is a little different. I'm not technically a good drawer either, but to me, it's just like you have a lot of thoughts and feelings, you know, during quarantine, during a loss, during whatever time. And like it's the stuff that you can express in words like words can only say so much. You can only say so much and people can easily digest it. But at the end of the day, whatever you're drawing in a way is how you feel. So I just wake up um, all during quarantine, you know, drink my coffee and then I just draw in my sketchbook for like an hour, just fill up the pages um, a lot of practice, but also a lot of just like therapeutic, like drawing, you know, and then, Hey, if I drew something good and I felt like I was good at that, I would kind of draw it on the next page and try to get better at it, you know, just working that way. Like some of the art behind me, like I even like, like I have an original here, you know, like this one is an original for me. It's like a 
cubism type kind of deal. You know, so I just do that a lot. And, you know, it's weird when, when you respect the creative arts, but you're not necessarily good at them all, you know, like you can feel creative or inspired just by listening to some creative music that inspires you or watching a movie, you know, and just respecting every little single shot in it. You know what I mean? Like in a way that still inspires you too. It's like, it's not your creative process, but you can watch that and, and just be inspired by, you know, the script of a movie and how, you know, impressive it was a character, a score or whatever. So I watch like a lot of movies and TV. No, I'm, I'm the same way. It's funny you mentioned that because like literally the first thing I do when I get up after I go to the gym is I, I look on my YouTube uh, and I, you know, I think I'm looking at it here now. I have 270 channels I subscribe to. And what I like doing is just if there's something interesting, I'll watch it. Even if it's like, you know, like a fighter interview or just something that is like part of my interest, I like sort of absorbing it. And then it sort of, like you said, gives you that creativity. So I'm kind of the same way, but obviously on a video side of things uh, from yeah. what I do. Oh, so. YouTube is is a miracle honestly yeah. you can get everything on there i can't believe youtube exists sometimes like i literally can click in something whether it's like fixing a pipe on my sink or like a special interview and i can find it and i'm just like how did we get here it's amazing but no the same thing i love interviews because i get inspired by you know i've been fighting for a long time i've watched a lot of fighting interviews and there's only so much you can take from that but learning from a music producer or a director or something, they're applying their stuff still at the highest level. And, you know, you can maybe gain something different from it, from the way they try to approach making an album or making a movie. You know, you can put that right into, oh, this is kind of, you know, how I would look at a camp, but it's not just like, hey, I get the best coach, I get the best this, I get the best that, you know. So it's different. And I just get, yeah, like inspired by all that. Like I love videos, interviews, you know, directors like i said music producers artists of course anybody um musical artists so yeah man awesome i mean we could do a whole hour on i'm sure creativity oh. and all that stuff it's, it's kind of neat to uh you know hear some wild. of the stuff you're into as well uh but let's get back to the fight uh quickly um you know again we, we talked we Was there anything else you took away from that first fight? Because I'm sure you're going to bring that into the rematch as far as things that you might have learned or things you would have done differently. Uh, what, what have you sort of assessed from that first performance? Yeah, well, you know, I realized the kind of fighter he is. Like, he's, he's there to fight. And I knew that before the fight, which is great. You know, um, because obviously there's a lot of strategy and, you know, tactics and everything that goes into MMA. And, you know, I've had, you know, some of my losses, you know, I've had some guys, you know, avoid a fight and score and win and come at such a tactical point. I knew going in, obviously, we're all tactical in a way, but we all also have our expression of ourselves, which is, you know, to fight. And I knew he was a guy that was going to fight no matter what. He was going to be there to hit. So, that first round, I mean, we were toe-to-toe. -to -toe. We were slugging it out the whole time. So I realized, you know, that's going to be there. You know, he's going to be there to hit. He's going to be willing to fight. You know, he's not someone I'm going to have to chase down, you know. So, yeah, there's there's some little things you can take to that as well, you know. is like, is that all he can do? And it's like I kind of was able to show one side of my fighting. Like, I'll tell you this much. A lot of the reason the fight went the way it did is because 
like what I'm saying right now, the toe-to-toe kind of thing, which was great. And um, I think everyone was enjoying it. Um, but a lot of the reason that the fight went like that is because you never know what's going to happen in a fight. We got into the scramble earlier in the, in the fight, you know. I've never even been even had to escape a submission in my 40 fight career you know so that was the first one we got into a good scramble we got up out of the scramble and i saw him breathing heavy and i consider myself someone that can push the pace on anybody a cardio machine so you know i feel like some stuff kind of changed from there because like i said the full expression of yourself like i try to fight someone i try to attack them so if I see a guy get up from a scramble and he's breathing hard and he looks, you know, this exaggerated but wounded in a way, tired, fatigued, I'm not going to circle around and be like, oh, let me jab him and let me circle around. No, I'm like, oh, he's tired. Let's attack him. It started working to effect. I started seeing punches land. So, you know, that was literally one way of fighting and that was his best. I think that was his best version of the fight, you know, me and him going toe-to-toe. And I still won the first round on every judge's scorecard fighting like that because I saw him tired. So I just think I have a lot more um, tools there to offer. You know what I mean? You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, we kind of fought in one way. And I think that is kind of his way where I have – I can fight that way and win. Um, on top of many others. How much of a benefit has it been having Cody Stamen at your camp? I know you guys train very closely. And by the way, just quickly, I might as well mention it. Uh, my condolences to his family. Obviously, terrible news about his brother. But, um, you know, he just fought recently. I know uh, he's in Vegas as well. How much has he helped your game? Man, he's incredible. He's the best. Um, just a really good, solid person and teammate to have around. You know, um, I'm in Vegas now. And, you know, it's kind of like Vegas is different when you train, like everyone's everywhere, you know, there's like a home base you train at, but there's not a huge, like not every single person in your gym is kind of like your teammate because there's just so many. And like, you know, I'm used to a super team like Team Alpha where everything was done at one gym. You know, you see the person in the morning, you go to lunch with them, you train with them in the afternoon. You train with them at night. You maybe go to dinner with them, like, you know, all day seeing each other like a family style. I feel in Vegas, it's more like a selected family. Like, there's 100 people in the gym. You only really see each other once a day because everyone has somewhere else to go. There's so many resources here. So someone might go to this jujitsu gym, this striking coach, this, this conditioning place. So in that regard, you know, it's like I come here and I'm like, this is perfect for me. I have the right things, but you know, you don't really look at every single person as a teammate. Cody is someone who came along and moved here. And is like, you know, like that's my teammate. Like that's my brother. Like we started training right away. Like I said, it's just great. Cause he's a very, there's some weird people in the sport, of course. And Cody's one of those guys, like he's just solid all the way through, you know what I mean? So on top of just being incredibly skilled. So, we already knew each other. We had some run-ins before because he actually went to Alpha Mel when I was there. I remember like, that years yeah. ago, back when he had longer hair. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we hung out. We talked, you know, a lot of the same people. And honestly, when we started training, obviously knew he was good. He was a top 10 Bantamweight in the world, and his record speaks for itself. 
but we started training and I mean, I was like, wow, like he's like incredibly good and technical. So I think, you know, we found each other in that regard of people that could push each other around the same, you know, weight and size. And, you know, we just started training, training, all that stuff brings you closer. So honestly, he's been great. I was fortunate enough to corner him in the last fight he just had against Kelleher. And um, it was inspiring. I mean, it was inspiring just what he went through to get to that fight. I'm just talking the training, not even the personal things. That dude was training for that fight since my first, since my last title fight. He was, he started training like in the middle of my camp to fight. You know, all the quarantine happened. He never stopped training. This gets pushed back. This gets pushed back. He went through like three other people's camp as a good, as a sparring partner, you know, just to help them and never knowing when the heck he was going to fight. And, um, just kept getting longer and longer a week before, you know, the devastating news of his brother passing away. And I was just like, I don't know how you did any of this, but like just his spirit and his skill in there even like was just so inspiring to me. And, um, yeah, so he's just he's just been he's been great to have around. I guess to answer your question. <laughs> no, no problem. No, I, I like the detailed answer there. Um, July eighteenth. How do you see the rematch playing out between the two of you? I see it being a really uh, exciting fight again. I mean, you know, I you get every you know every part of mixed martial arts when you watch a high level lightweight fight, and you know this is the highest of the high. This is for the world title at the most, you know, at a very well-rounded division, um, you know. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be a great fight in that regard. I mean, obviously, you answer this question every time, but, you know, you think you're going to win. You know you're going to win. Um, you know, I believe I'm the better fighter, and I don't necessarily know how it's going to play out because you never know. You know, you got to be ready for everything. And, I've just learned in this sport, like, I don't believe in anything, like, because anything can happen, you know, you can feel as good as you can, and, you know, and you still can do everything right, and you only have a chance at winning, you can have a terrible camp, and you still have a chance at winning, um, you never know what's going to happen, I mean, for the last, like, last thing I expected in the last fight, I got headbutted, I even got, you know, almost in a submission by a guy I never really thought that would have happened to, so, you got to be ready for anything in there. So I just know it's going to be a great fight. <clears throat> I'm excited. I mean, it's it's huge for me, you know. Um, I really wish, in a way, like the last fight was considered like a no contest or something like that because it, it's funny. Like, I'm not as excited as I would be for, you know, something like – it just feels like such a continuation of the last fight for me because it never like truly ended to me. Like there's all these question marks. Like it's almost a lot easier. It's obviously easier to win, but even when you take a loss, you can take accountability, but I'm kind of like, look, I still take accountability. Like even though there was a, a, a legal blow that had a big effect in the fight, I was like, I could have finished him before. I could have done this. I could have done that. Like there's a lot of places where I could have just succeeded before that even happened. But for this one, it's just kind of like I knew it was going to happen the whole time. So even just like doing interviews and stuff, it just feels like Groundhog Day and stuff. Because I'm just like, I was like, I just did this. And it like, 
nothing really, really came of it. Like I put so much on it and it's like, it kind of like, it just kind of like ended and now I'm like continuing it. So, you know, that, that's a weird part of it, but you know, it's exciting. It just feels like a longer fight, another version, um, another chance to get it right. And, uh, and compete first and foremost. Have you been any given any indication if the flyweight division is going to continue? I know it seems like they're signing more guys and they're they're sort of you know building this up with obviously the title fight. But uh, have you have you talked to Dana White about that about the future of the division? No, I mean the indications there. I mean it's like any other division. There's title fights and contenders all the way through. I mean, you know, I think that that talk has been uh, you know to me silenced because I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything to doubt that it would be. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Henry Cejudo retired sort of unexpectedly. Are you a little disappointed you didn't get to have that rematch only because I, I know you, you defeated him last time, but I'm sure that's sort of a, a marquee fight in, in that division that I think people wanted to see. Yeah. No, not really. Um, I'm happy for him, man. Like, I grew so much respect for the guy after our fight, and then it only really, you know, elevated from there. Um, so I'm glad you got to go out on top. I think it's super respectable and really a great accomplishment in itself is not only to make it to the top, but know, you know, I've done what I had to do and I'm going to move on. Like, I think that is great. And, uh, as far as the fight goes, I'm not mad. I didn't get the fight because I didn't need the rematch. You know, um, if he beat me is a different story, you know, in a really close fight, I would want it back. But, you know, I'm sitting here with the last guy to beat him you know why do it's i don't need to fight him again you know what i mean like if anything he would need to avenge a loss like i don't need to avenge a win or win i don't need to beat someone else again i don't need to do something twice so yeah that was that and yeah it was never a big thing like that was always like oh i hope it's him because you know everything he's done since you know we i hope you know we do fight again if he decides to go back down but it doesn't bother me that it didn't because it wasn't something I needed. And by the sounds of it, you, you sounds like you think he will stay retired. Like this isn't just like a, like a money thing. Just, just kind of what you were saying there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really hard to say. I mean, I'm saying, yeah, I like, I respect that he retired. I think that is what I love about it is MMA is a sport that the only way to know, you you shouldn't fight anymore has harsh consequences you know like typically when you retire the only way to know is because you got beat up and knocked out three times in a row and you realize like i should retire so there's few people that leave on top make it to the top for one and then to leave on top so what i'm saying is like i really respect that part of it and i don't i know his heart was in that um to make the retirement but, I mean, I obviously think he could also be swayed back um, pretty easily with more money um, because I don't think someone would maybe leave on top if there was a ton more money to gain, which there was more money to gain, but maybe not a ton of money that he thinks he deserves. So, you know, I think he could be swayed back by that. Most people can um, in the athletic, you know, world. Um, so therefore you need the right fight and stuff. I mean, he's already been talking about a boxing fight. He's already been talking about, um, a Volkanovsky fight. So the thoughts there, it's not like he just like disappeared, um, GSP style and went, 
you know, rogue on us. He just, you know, is, uh, I think, happy with his, uh, with it and his heart's in it. But he's also, you know, leaving the door cracked. Speaking of retirements, Dapper Scrappers, is, is that retired? <laughs> what, what's happening with that? Uh, yeah, I know obviously COVID has you know, made it very difficult for you to go and you know, shoot uh, fighters like you have. Um, yeah. what, what's the latest on that? Is there any update? Dude, Dapper Scrappers, I, I, I hate that the COVID really affected it, obviously, uh, because, I mean, you can't even go to fights. Fighters are doing this. You're not even allowed in. So yeah, that's the thing is is the is the content just hasn't been there. Like our content was very organic, you know, and very behind the scenes, very intimate in a way that you needed, you know. <laughs> um, look, we weren't a big business or anything, but the same way some businesses were affected by COVID and customers and content and all that, same thing with us. You know, we just you know weren't able to shoot, and we have, you know. I could do a little better of being um, active, you know, because obviously now fights have gone on. I could look through, scam through old pictures and say, and, you know, and still post things. But, you know, I think the cool thing about it was it was current, you know, it was uh, and unique. I don't know anyone else who's doing something specifically with fighters talking about sort of the fashion side of things and also taking their photos. The fighters loved it. I used to see your photos retweeted all the time. <laughs> I know, I know. And it was, it was one of my favorite things I had a huge passion for it. and honestly this just i have a huge passion for it still and this just uh i mean like i said it wrecked everything and the cool thing about it it was modern it was right there and it was like um it was it was present you know what i mean where the point of seeing what someone is 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 wearing is like what did they wear today what did they wear this behind the scenes like look at this stuff that you guys can't see and this person's style and to me their self-expression is how they're expressing themselves during this fight week right now. Cause that's how I look at clothes and a lot of things. It's just self-expression. It wasn't anything pretentious. Like this is a fashion blog where the newest trends, it was just, it was self-expression for us fighters that don't have that much, you know, it's another conversation. Like I was talking about the drawing or the art, you know, we can, you can hear us talk about a fight, but can you see how we feel that day? what we're going to put on, what, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so that was what also was kind of hard for me to go back in the archives and be like, Hey, he's fighting this weekend. Here's what he wore three months ago. You know, I like it to be, you know, um, present, you know what I mean? So yeah, the COVID kind of crushed it, but once everything is back, you know, we'll make a good comeback. It's not going to stop. Fighting's not going anywhere style self-expression fashion all that stuff is is timeless as well so you know it's just a matter of time before we get back on it and uh you know like it's that's it's always one of my passions so i mean it's it was just it was a good start but i mean there's a ton of things that can branch off of that too you know once everything you know once you get the content and everything to be able to to put up well, we're looking forward to that comeback. We're looking Thanks, forward dude. to this rematch, man. It's coming Thank up here you. July 18th, UFC Fight Night. You can't miss it. Uh, Joseph, it was so great uh, catching up with you. We went way over time. Really appreciate it. Uh, anyone it. you want to thank, any sponsors, any social media, you got to plug. The floor is yours, sir. Oh, no, nah, man. I just, I'm not going to take up everyone's time. You know, I love everybody. So thank you, everyone that listens, supports me, you know, all that stuff. And really just shout out to everybody out there that is doing their best. You know, you – in general, like we just talked about, anybody that is, you know, out there hustling and trying their best every day, no matter what it's at, like, 
no matter what it is, I have respect for that. You know, someone that wakes up and tries to do their best and is DMing me on Instagram to get an inter to get an interview. Um, you know, someone out there taking their kids to work, like all that stuff. All the way from there to this guy producing an incredible album and winning an Oscar award, like just everyone out there doing their best to me is like so inspiring. So thank you everybody, um, honestly for you know just doing that, making the world go round as it does, and supporting me um, and listening to this is huge. So yeah, man. Happy to be joined by the 11th ranked welterweight, although he should be ranked a lot higher. Uh, Jeff Neal joining me here on the program. Jeff, how's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. Just uh, getting done with the gym. Thank you for having me on. No, of course. It's good to talk to you. We haven't seen you in a while. Of course, you last fought in December. But at the time we're recording this, Mike Perry's fighting before you, and that's the last guy you fought. Why haven't we seen you in the cage for so long? Um, I'm just in a – like I, I'll tell people like I'm in purgatory like in my career. You know what I mean? I'm a ranked number 11, not in the top 10 yet don't have like a big following behind me so everybody that i want to fight doesn't want to fight me because I'm a, I'm a big risk i'm somebody that knocks people out i'm dangerous for their stock so i see why they don't want to accept the fight with me but it's like it's still bullshit you know i need to get paid so sitting out here just waiting like the only person behind me that i will be willing to fight is vicente luque but i don't know how long he's going to be out and uh when i fight vicente i want it to be like a main event because me and him will be a great fight you know, I, I don't completely want to be somewhere like lost in the like the prelims or something like me him fighting needs to be something that everybody watches that everybody can see so is is he injured right now because i remember when he won his last fight he actually mentioned you as a name it wasn't like a like a, i gotta fight you it was like you know he, he mentioned you though out of respect um so yeah because so, he, he knows it's gonna be a good fight and i, I feel that yeah so so what's so the latest is is that he still needs time to recover is that what you're hearing I don't know. He said something that he was going to take a couple months off just to relax. Cause he's been going at it for a while, so I understand that. Okay. It's probably good for his brain because he gets he goes he gets into these wars, so he probably doesn't need to let his uh his brain recover a little bit. Who has turned down fights with you? Are you allowed to say like what what's been sort of the developments, or or at least like how many opponents have you had to go through? Like it seems like there's been a lot. I'll tell you who who I've been trying to fight. I've been trying to fight uh, Michael Chiesa uh, and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Whether I don't know all the details, whether or not they were offered a contract or whatever, but they know they know I want to fight them. I know that, but they both never want to respond to anything I say. Like you, I know you hear me. I know you see me. I know you see all the tags. I know you see all the mentions. Like don't don't sit there and act like you don't see me. But uh, Michael Kelsey uh, actually made like an interview talking about he didn't he he didn't want to fight me because I said he didn't want no smoke. Like you know what I mean? Like I did for her, first of all I didn't say that. That was somebody else that said that shit. But for you to be like, oh, you don't want to fight me because of that. That's, that's trash. Like that just lets me know he's probably scared. But it is what it is. No, that's a little that's a little bit odd there. Now, are you negotiating directly with the UFC, or do you have a manager who's sort of dealing with your fights and in terms of matchmaking? My coach, my coach is my manager, and uh, he deals directly with them, and uh, I trust him. How many opponents total would you say have you you know looked at trying to fight and it hasn't panned out? Is it more than two? Just uh, just uh, just I would say three because I want to fight Wonder Boy, but uh, I doubt that he'll take that fight. Like, highly doubt just because, you know what I mean? Like, did you anticipate this after your last fight? No, I didn't. I never anticipated that at all. Like, when I got into UFC, I was, like, happy because, like, I, I always had a problem back in uh, the regional circuits of people, like, not wanting to fight me. So I thought UFC was going to be a little different, you know what I mean? I got the best fighters in the world, you know what I mean? They're not scared of shit. They're just ready to fight. Nope, same shit. People, they, they uh... Back in the, back in uh, the regional circuits, nobody wanted to take a loss because they wanted to get the UFC. Now you're in the UFC, nobody wants to take a loss because they want to get the belt or they want to keep their money going. So the 
same shit, just different promotions, you know? That's crazy. Um, what, is, what does the UFC think of all this? Because I'm sure they want to get you back in, in the cage as soon as possible. I, I really don't know what they think. I've been, I've been talking to nobody uh, directly. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Sean Selby's been, he's been, he's been really trying for me. So uh, something, something's going to come. I'm patient, you know. I'm not, I'm not in any rush. Like I said, I'm getting better. Something's going to fall through, and it's going to be the perfect fight at the perfect time, and I'm gonna be ready for whatever coming, whatever comes my way. What's Safe saying about all this? Because I'm sure he's frustrated again. He wants to see you continue to move on in your career as well. Yeah, like, like I said, he, 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 we, we're, we're, uh, we, we try to keep ourselves on the same page. We communicate a lot about our feelings on who we want to fight, when we want to fight. And uh, we both we, we both were frustrated, but we just at the point where, like, hey, we're just going to have to wait maybe until August, maybe until end of July. You know, don't, we don't want to sit there and pester, like, the UFC, like, hey, we need to fight, we need to fight, we need to fight, and then we get a fight that we don't want at the time that we don't need, you know. So uh, we'll, we're patient. We'll wait on something to come through, and uh, we'll get the job done. Would you take a short notice fight? Because we've seen those happen recently. I think the card at the time we're recording this on Saturday, there's a couple fights that were just sort of made at the last minute. Is that something you're looking at? It, it, it just depends on uh, depends on who. You know what I mean? If I, if I take a short notice fight, I'd rather uh, I'd rather be against somebody with a name. You know what I mean? Like a high a high stake fight. You know what I mean? I'm not going to take a short notice fight against somebody that who the hell is he type dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, to- totally understandable. Have you been offered any short notice fights, or is it still they're trying to get you like a name and then actually promote it and all that stuff? I haven't been offered a short notice fight, but I did try to step in there when uh, I think I, Tyrone, uh, Leon couldn't fight Tyrone. Oh, gotcha. So, so you wanted to fight Woodley, one. yeah. Yeah, I wanted to fight Woodley, but uh, Gilbert Burns took that one. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, that's, yeah. That's too bad, he, he especially with the everybody. result. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's talk about COVID quickly. How much has that impacted you? Because I know you quit your job uh, before um, you know, your, your last fight. So how, how's, how's that impacting you right now? Uh, it's, it's impacting a little bit. I actually started working right before COVID. Oh, gotcha. Because I, uh, I, I, fore, I foresee that I was uh, going to be sitting on the bench for a while. So I was like, I need to start doing something to uh, supplement that time. So I'm uh, actually back working. I actually started working uh, again after COVID uh, on Wednesday. I'm, about to, I'm going home right now to get ready to go to work again. But uh, I'm still working. But cause like I said, COVID was, uh, I feel like it was a blessing in disguise, you know, uh, I got to do things that I wouldn't normally be able to do. Like, you know what I mean? Got to have conversations and hang out with people on a level that I want to get to hang out with them. Like, you know, and uh, take time away from the gym because nothing can keep me away from the gym. But COVID made me take a step back from the gym. So that was a blessing in itself because I'm one of those dudes that I have to work. I have to work for COVID. Sat my ass down and told me to chill out. And I had to chill out. And this is back at Moxie's you're working? No, I'm, I'm actually back at Texas Roadhouse. I can't do Moxie's no more. Okay. The, 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 the two, three o'clock in the morning, that, that kills me. It's not the word that kills me. It's the late nights that get me. Right. So are you are are you a waiter or cook or what are you, what are you doing there? I'm a server right now. Server. Okay, got Still you. Because I know, I know, like, so how has that been? Because I know you got to wear the mask and then you got people to, like, sit apart. Like, how has that been? It, actually, it's not that bad. Uh, when I worked on Wednesday, uh, we had to wear a mask, but none of the guests were wearing masks. And I was, like, looking at them and, like, they didn't mind that I pulled my mask down. So, like, I only put it on my face just for, like, you know what I mean? The regulations, but everybody that's in the, in the comes out to eat, they're not really that worried about the COVID. You know what I mean? So I mean, I'm pretty sure they're healthy. You know what I mean? I, we check our temperatures before we uh, come to work and I'm pretty sure they're uh, being real proactive uh, with their uh, care, like how they take care of themselves before they come out. So nobody's really too concerned. And I guess with the mask, people don't recognize you as much, right? No, not at all. <laughs> so that's good. It's probably better for you. You don't have yeah. to be like, aren't you that UFC fighter? What's going on here? So right. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's a little bit good. I, I got to ask, though, because, you know, obviously we're in weird times. Everyone's stressed out with COVID. Have you had any bad customer service experiences since COVID started? No, not at all. Everybody's actually way more nicer since all this stuff's going on. Yeah. Way more uh, friendly, way more uh, willing to talk and not as uh, asshole-ish like they used to be. There's a lot of changes happening right now in the world, uh, a lot of protesting, and obviously as an African-American yourself, are you been encouraged by some of the changes you've been seeing? You know, we're seeing it even at the highest level now, uh, people really, uh, you know, taking accountability for a lot of the things that are happening right now. Yeah, I'm, uh, it, it makes me happy, you know what I mean? Because uh, for a while, you know what I mean, a lot of stuff that went on with, like, black people, it kind of felt like we were uh, nobody. Like, you know what I mean? Because there's only so much that we can do, only so much that we can say as black people. I'm really glad that there's a lot of white people that are now standing up for us. You know what I mean? Standing up with us. You know what I mean? They're, they're like, Hey, you know what I mean? Speaking out on racism. Cause we, we can always speak out on racism so much, but when you get white people speaking out on racism, that means a lot, means a lot to me. And it, it makes me happy seeing like a lot of my white friends, a lot of these white celebrities and stuff just saying like, you know what I mean? Cause wrong is wrong. If you can't see that some shit's wrong, then there's something wrong with you. So like, it, it really makes me happy. It makes me, gives me a little bit of hope. Have you encountered any racism recently, like just, you know, as a fighter or just, you know, as an African-American yourself, just going out and about? Uh, have, have you have you experienced anything recently? Um, not recently. I, I do get I do get a little weird stares. But uh, whenever I get those looks, I make it a point to start a conversation with that person. I was uh, I was out and about one day and there was like this, uh, this group of white people. And they were like, give me like the, the mean look. So I just uh, decided to walk up to them and spark a conversation. And I didn't let it go. Like, you know what I mean? I stayed there. Even though they were, like, uncomfortable, I knew they wanted to say something. I stayed there, kept, like, a little friendly conversation because what I'm going to do, like, get mad at them, start some shit with them. Like, all, all that would do would make them even more racist than what they were, if they were. I'm just assuming that they were. But, like, you know what I mean? It would have did nothing to help the cause. You know what I mean? Just by me having that friendly conversation with them, I'm pretty sure that did more than me slapping them in the face would ever do. And they don't even know you're a UFC fighter, that you knock people up for a living. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing about it. <laughs> yeah yeah there you go that's interesting uh speaking of that um so how is like how are you training right now because i know when i talked to safe a few months ago the gym was closed is it open again or are you still just doing training at home or training sort of at a friend's house what, what are you doing there everything is back like it used to be like we are doing oh, the strength conditioning monday wednesdays fridays we got the same gym schedule now so every, every everything started to look uh look good it was like like my my routines uh back in the mix and i'm happy <laughs> Happy to get back to the grind. Is, is, is most of the team back in the gym as well? Pretty much everybody's back. Uh, a couple of our um, teammates are hurt. We're not hurt. A little bit injured. I'm not going to say the names. But, uh, oh, of course, yeah. They're like they're uh, getting rehab done or whatever. But uh, for the most part, everybody's back. I wanted to mention quickly one of your teammates, Macy Chasson. A lot of people kind of piled on her for a comment she made. And, you know, I thought it was a bit unfair because I know what Macy meant. She was saying that, look, like, I'm a fighter. I'm working my ass off. I'm very talented. And she was going after some fighters that maybe promote themselves a little bit more than actually fighting. I know what she meant there. Uh, what did you think of that whole thing as a teammate? Because it was unfortunate that people sort of went after her. But I know what she meant. It wasn't mean-spirited. I, I know what she, I know exactly what she meant. And, and I agree with her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I agree with her. You know what I mean? Because uh, what, what, what she pretty much trying to say is, like, all that other stuff is watering down what fighting is really about. Yeah, like, it's about being the best fighter. It's about the talent. And all that other stuff kind of, like, waters that down. Like, somebody with talent would get overlooked because somebody else looks better than them. You know what I mean? And, that, like, as for her, that that's bullshit, you know? So I get it. She It might have came off wrong and people took it the wrong way. People don't know how to, like, if she would have had that same conversation in person with somebody, it wouldn't have went that way. The people on the internet, they, uh, they're so quick to uh, not really 
book into things. They just read it for face value and they just fucking attack you. Yeah, but there's people that love that. Saying. Like, like honestly, that's why I barely put any opinions on Twitter because like people will go out and they just like they're waiting in the shadows and they're like they can't wait till someone says something that you don't like and then it's just this mob mentality. I don't like that. It's so annoying. I hate it. I, re- I really hate. It. That's why I don't like social media. Like as much as people want me to post more on social media, I can't stand it because I I post something and then I get these comments and I just can't stand it. If if I wasn't a fighter, I would not have social media. And, and, pe- right and, and people yeah. even hitting up your dad. I mean, this is something we talk about all the time because you guys have the same name. Yeah, yeah, yeah that stopped. He, he changed his name. So, and then he, I think he deleted his Facebook. So that, that stopped. That's good. Uh, that's good to hear. We, we talked about you going back to work. What about, uh, have you picked up any new hobbies during this quarantine at all? Um, no. Same hobbies. I've, uh, I'm, a, I'm a gamer, so uh, I've been getting a lot of gaming again during the quarantine. What, what are you playing right now? <laughs> uh, Call of Duty right now. Excellent. They, they have a new thing called the Warzone. Everybody's been on that, and it's it's pretty fun. That's great. Um, so ideal time to return. You said sort of August. When, when are you looking at like what would be the perfect time for you to come back and fight? I wanted the I wanted like July. I think it's July twenty seventh. That's when I wanted it. But uh, it's it's starting to look more like August. So I'm have to wait. And an ideal opponent who would be who would be top of the list for you to fight aside from the champ, obviously. But who who some who would be the perfect opponent for you to return, in your opinion? Top of the list is, is Michael Chiesa. That's top of the that's top of the damn list. That's who I wanted to fight, and that that's, that fight makes so much sense. But for some reason, it doesn't make sense to him. He feels like he needs to fight Kobe Covington, which doesn't make fucking sense. But that's on top of my list. If not, uh, Santiago uh, Ponzinibbio. If not him, Warner Boy. If not Warner Boy, then Luke. Okay, and how do you feel like you would match up against uh, Chiesa if that fight was to happen? Uh, just got to keep it on the feet. Uh, try to keep him uh, trying to, from clinching me and uh, avoiding my striking, and uh, I'll get the job done. Awesome stuff, Jeff. Always appreciate it, man. I know you got uh, places to go, people to see. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to plug any social media, any sponsors, anything like that, man, the, the floor is yours. Um, damn, I'm, I'm trying to figure it because I had a website. I think it's a. Uh www.hos.com you can go there and you can check out all my sponsors and whatnot um my twitter and instagram is uh hands of steel h-a-n-d-z of steel mma and that's where you can find me always great catching up with pedro manos he's got a huge fight coming up here now on july 15th he's going to be taking on frankie edgar pedro how are you man i'm well man i can be more happy than than that you know especially right now you know all the all this time, like training, you know, doing all that since the beginning of the year, you know, a few fights, you know, it's kind of like didn't, didn't, didn't went through. So finally right now, you know, super happy to be able to, to sign a contract and, and get a fight and let's get it going. Yeah, and it's a really big fight, like I said, fighting Frankie Edgar. A lot of uh, bantamweights would love to fight him. But let's start first with the date. I mentioned that off the top. You're supposed to be fighting him on UFC 251. They moved you guys to the uh, week after in the co-main event slot. Do you like this position better, a little bit more shine on your fight this way? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. We, uh, we had the opportunity. I, I, they asked me if I would do the, the main event. And I say yes. I know I think that you know Frankie and his team uh probably thought was the best idea to to do a three five minute rounds instead of the five five minute rounds and and then they move us to the co-main event so we're supposed we're supposed to be in a main event but you know it is what it is so now we co-main event do you think a five round fight would have favored you over edgar even though edgar has a championship experience you've been in the division longer i think so i think i have just more time to finish him Right. Okay. I like the honesty there. Um, and as far as uh, the matchup coming together, uh, when did you find out about this? Because we had talked about him as a potential opponent, but you never know, right? Because Edgar's such a big name. Uh, when did this finally come together and how did it come together? 
So this fight, they have been, the UFC has been playing this fight a while ago. So I remember first time I got, so first time they, you know, the UFC told me, I was, they, they asked, no, they, they told me about Frankie Ediger. And they asked if I would fight May something that was a card that was supposed to be in San Diego back in May. And the name that they throw out there was Frankie Ediger. So, you know, since I think it was beginning of March or something, they, they started to try to negotiate this fight. And, and then they say there was a possibility this fight happened in June 6th and then July 11th. And, and now, finally, it's going to be on the 15th of July. So, you know, it's a big name. You know, I'm excited. You know, um, that's the second time that I'll be fighting a former champ, you know. And but Frankie, without a doubt, he's you know he's a legend. So I'm very very humble and honored to to have the opportunity to fight such a legend as a Frankie Adiger. Before we talk about the matchup, there's a lot going on in the bantamweight division. We just had UFC 250. There was a, a couple of bantamweight fights in there. I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, someone who you fought, submitting Corey Sanhagen in the very first round. Were you surprised how quickly that fight ended, or were you expecting him to go out there and dominate Corey the way he did? I actually saw that. Uh, I actually thought about that, and because I was, you know, I was supposed to fight Sanhagen. I was not supposed to fight Sanhagen. They asked me to fight Sanhagen and I said, yeah. So I was watching some of his fights. And then I noticed that he was giving up his back a lot when people were shooting for the takedowns and things like that. And I knew how good Aljamain Sterling is to get people back, you know, so he didn't even get close to get my back. You know, we talk. I'm talking about a different jiu-jitsu level right there. <laughs> But, you know, Aljamain is a guy that I respect a lot. He's a great fighter. And he takes people back very well. And I actually actually saw that happening, you know. And when he went for the takedown, you know, City Hagen, he, he feels he's, he's a great athlete as well. Don't get me wrong. But he gets comfortable in giving the back right there, attacking Kimura. You know, it's kind of like a, it's, it's kind of like a danger for someone that has a, a high-level jiu-jitsu skills to giving up your back like that. And Al- Aljamain took took the opportunity and and choked him out. So it was it was great. So which that that's the fight, you know, that was supposed to be for for a title fight in my point of view. You know, but for other reasons they it's Peter Yan and Aldo. You know, but definitely Aljamain he after that performance against Eddie Hagen last time, he definitely deserves a title shot. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. Um, and then the other fight, obviously, Cody Garbrandt, someone who you fought, uh, knocking out Hafele Sunsau. Uh, what did you think of this uh, supposedly new uh, Cody Garbrandt, you know, training with Mark Henry? What did you think of his performance? Yeah, no, that was, I was definitely um, surprised by his performance. You know, I already, I, I always knew that how good Kobe Bryant, Kobe, uh, Kobe, Cody Garbrandt is. I was I was just watching right now a Kobe Bryant documentary. No worries, no, no. And Kobe's on her mind. They had some stat about him today. I think it was like ten years ago he won the title or something. I forget, but yeah, no, it's understandable. Uh, I was I was it. watching. I was watching just recently, and then I was like, read that name. So uh, Cody Gabrin. Um, I always knew, like you know, his capability, his skills, his striking skills, his speed, how smart he is. Um, so Rafael Sonson, that was the guy that I did my debut in UFC and, you know, in a week notice, uh, but now we kind of train in the same, with the same team. Um, I was definitely rooting for Rafael, but I was very happy to see, 
you know, Cody Gabrin uh, not beating my training partner, but, you know, coming after three tough losses and putting a performance like he did on his last fight, it was, it was good for him, man. It was definitely, it was a, a, a good performance. And last time you and I spoke, uh, this was a few months ago, we were right in the thick of COVID-19. And I remember your, your, um, your kids were homeschooled and, you know, it was a little bit difficult to train. I mean, you were training, but it wasn't ideal. Have things improved since then? I imagine they have been if you took this fight. Big time, big time. The gene now, we have way more people right now training. You know, I was able to bring our training partners all over the world to, to be a part of this uh, training camp. So it was definitely, it's, you know, it's really good, man. It was really good. At the beginning, it was kind of like, not a lot of training partners, but right now it's just, I have just even more people than I used to have in my camps before. And someone I know you didn't really train with, but obviously made a lot of news with your gym is uh, Cody, uh, Colby Covington. See, I almost did it there too. I almost said someone else's fighter's name, but Colby Covington <laughs> leaving an American top team. Was this something you were expecting to happen just with the, the back and forth? Or were you a little bit surprised to see Colby uh, go out on his own and try and make this own team of his, his own training camp? Yeah, in reality, I didn't get the time to talk with... Um, with Kobe, you see now I say right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're on the right track here. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get the chance to talk with him. Um, for me, it was kind of a surprise when I found out that he was not a part of American Top Team anymore. Uh, I'm good with everybody in the gym. I'm really good with him and good with uh, Jorge Masvidal. You know, he's a cool guy, man. Uh, everybody there in American Top Team, I have you know no bad blood with nobody. So for me, it was a surprise. I didn't know that nobody nobody said anything. And then I saw in the news that he was not a part of American Top Team. Also, I didn't ask nobody. You know, it's kind of like not in my business. But um, yeah, man. So uh, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of information about him because uh, I haven't looked it up. You know, where he's gonna train and things like that. I know he uh, he lives here in Fort Lauderdale. So I don't know if he's gonna move to train in another gym or camp, or he's gonna just you know bring his training partners or people to train with him so i don't know yeah no no for sure just obviously I had to bring it up because he uh he obviously left the gym and i know you're kind of cool with everyone at the gym i, I imagine <laughs> you you haven't talked to colby at all i would imagine since that happened no i haven't i i haven't talked with him at all okay. i didn't see him have a talk with him no fair enough Nothing like that i just know i remember you guys were cool so that's why i thought i'd uh, bring yeah, that up uh, cool. as far as that goes but i i think someone would have to have a serious issue if they didn't like you. you're always smiling always in a good mood so uh, <laughs> it, it just is what it is but let's talk about frankie edgar um we know what he can do he's got you know a great gas tank he's uh, got good stand-up um how do you look at this matchup from a style perspective wow so i i see myself you know getting the finish for sure you know um i love the challenge man i i always you know being the underdog and the, for me it was never a big issue you know uh i have a lot of confidence in myself i i look it back and i'm very grateful to 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 have to have to to be to have the opportunity to train today with the best teams even back in those days when i start you know i i i, I started jiu-jitsu training with guys so to like rodolfo vieira demi Maia, and things like that so that was the type of guys that i grew up going to the gym and seeing every day you know and so for me, I was, I'm ready for the kind of like that type of challenge, you know, if the guy going to come right there, try to finish me, stay in my face and we're going to just scrap. It's going to be a blood fight. That's the type of fight that I'm in. You know, if you don't want to do anything with fighting, if you want to just do score points and then it's going to be hard. 
Do you think the damage he's taken will play a factor in this fight? He was finished in his last fight. He was finished, uh, you know, a few fights before that. Um, do you look at sort of that in this in this fight? Because you, I mean, even the fight with Aljo, I know, you know, you took some damage in that, that one, but you really haven't suffered a lot of uh, damage in your career. Do you see that as an advantage in this fight? I do. I, I, I see that. I see as well, you know. Uh, Frankie, about a couple of years ago, he was, you know, never been finished. And then lately, you know, his surfer suffered uh, a couple knockouts one was my former teammate brian ortega when we used to train back in those days at black house and then with korea zombie two big guys you know brian ortega korea zombie two like heavy hitters you know so now you know they have the fact that he's dropping you know to our division and i believe that bantamweights we we hit harder as uh, we hit as hard as the featherweights, but I do believe that we have uh, like a little more speed in advance. So Frankie, he shows always being a super fast guy. You know, he always likes to pick up the pace and likes to move forward. And you know, and that's a great man. That's a that's a, that's a that's, it could be like a a perfect match for me. You know, a guy as aggressive as me, a guy that you know moves forward and and he likes to fight. Um, you know, I like to fight too. I don't avoid fighting. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to just be at his face. Any concerns at all about him making weight? He's never missed weight before, obviously fighting as high as, as lightweight, but he is getting older. And we know that fighters that, you know, generally when they're older and they're cutting down a weight class, it's usually a little bit more difficult. Is that even going through your head or are you just like, whatever, it doesn't matter? Whatever, it doesn't matter. And if at the okay. end of the day, you know, if at the end of the day he doesn't make weight, I'm, I'm here to fight, you know, so that fight's going to happen. <laughs> Yes, no matter what. Uh, and obviously, Edgar will probably make it anyways. Okay, the question I really wanted to ask you about this fight, and I'm super curious, is Marlon Moraes going to be helping you train for this fight, or is he staying out of it? Because he, of course, was a longtime training partner of uh, Frankie Edgar's back at uh, Ricardo Almeida, BJJ. We train a lot, Marlon and I, before before this fight got announced. You know, uh, when the beginning of the fight, it was supposedly to happen, but it didn't happen. So we work on the training. You know, Marlon, he's a, he's a, he's a good, really good guy. You know, um, I noticed and I saw and he, he told me and other people told me as well how good friends, you know, Frank and, and him, uh, they are. So, um, and also, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go at him and ask, oh, what he, you know, we have a lot of fights out there. Frankie probably fought more than 30 times. So I, you know, watch his fights. And also, uh, one of my coaches used to be his coach, Anderson Franca. Super cool guy too, you know. Um, very respectful guy. He loves Frankie. He always tells me good things about Frankie, even though we are fighting. And they're doing the best they can, you know. And and that's the and that's the type of pe- that's the type of person I am, you know. And that's the type of and that's the type of people that I'm surrounded with, you know. Um, it's we're taking this as a professional, you know. Nothing, nothing, nothing particular. Nothing personal. I want to just go there and finish him like I have been finishing all my opponents. And yeah, and the strategy didn't change. It it remains the same. Who are some of the training partners you've been working with uh, since you can't train with Marais at the moment? Yeah, at the moment, I'm not training uh, with Martin. Um, Some guy named Cody Lock. He's a um, NEC, NEC AA uh, champion, has fight fights in MMA, super good. He's, he came here, American top team, we bowed nickel. 
Oh, uh, oh rest- yeah, that's right. Of course, they're doing that joint program with Bo Nickel and Penn State, and they're bringing all the wrestlers in. So I imagine you get to work with them a little bit. I think yes. that's so cool. We worked with him a lot. Oh, know, good. Okay. So the wrestling's getting up, amped up a lot because you're actually working with like high caliber, like you said, NCAA Division One wrestlers. Yeah. Him. We have another guy, Danny Sabateo. It's, that's uh, right. He has, doesn't have a lot of fights. He has been training, fighting profession for only two years, but really good wrestling skills. Uh, it's getting better in MMA. Uh, he just won his last title, um, Titan, Titan, Titan fight. Um, really good, really good wrestler. So I train with him a lot. Another guy uh, was a purple belt, uh, world jiu-jitsu champion. He lives here in Florida. Uh, has been doing MMA for a little, little more than a year. Really good jiu-jitsu skills. Grew up doing wrestling. Good training partner as well. Saul. His name is Saul Guerrero. It's um, he's a part of here in the American Top Team. Um, I have. You know my two boxing coaches. I have, you know, all the 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 striking coaches here, American top team working with me right now. Anderson Francis, Cartel Kubis, Macahon, my head coach Conan. You know, he's the one that brings people from other places. You know, good friend of mine, uh, Michael Gonzalez. You know, he's about to come here too. And so, man, man, you know, just around. Oh, a couple guys from Chechnya, Russia. Um, nice. So you're getting a variety, which is good. You're getting a bunch of different uh, training programs, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. One of them, I think. I, one of them, I think, just signed UFC. We were trying to talk yesterday. It was kind of hard. He doesn't speak in English very well. So do I. So we are just do our best. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that must be interesting. Yeah. And then uh, he was he was telling me that he signed UFC. I didn't know. And then I checked on Share Dog last night. He was 20 and 0 from Chechnya, uh, Bantamway. So. You know, training with those guys too. Another guy from Russia, forty-five fights in UFC. Man, we're pretty solid here, man. I'd say so. Um, Michael Perez, does he ever come and train with you anymore? I know he's off uh, training in California, but I remember yeah, actually he, when I, when I met you, he was um, uh, in, in person when we did an interview last year. He was actually in your corner. Um, we were good friends. We used to train back in those days at, at Kings MMA. That's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, good friend. Um, it, it makes it easier too for the fact that I speak Spanish. So for me, it was like, it was good. Learned a lot from him. And um, I was I was about to bring him, but, you know, he's going through some some stuff right now. I was probably going to bring him for another two weeks, but he's definitely going to be in the fight week with me because I already booked his fly and all that. He's a good training partner, knows me very well, and... He, you know, really good and helped me cutting weight, stuff like that. Understand fights a lot. Wrestled his whole life. He was in the national team for about like 10, 12 years or something. And a good person. So this is way it, even, even, even better than it's all It's a the, triple threat combo. You get nice guy, good training partner. Yes. It's, a, it's, it's a bit of everything, right? Which is it has good. To be, it has to be the balance. If he has one and they don't have another one, it doesn't work. Right. No, no, that makes sense. Uh, just one more thing. We talked about Marlon Reiser for a second. How surprised were you that they didn't give him the title shot against Piotr Jan as opposed to Aldo? I know Aldo's the bigger name, but Marlon beat him. I mean, I know it was a close fight, but Marlon actually got the win. Were you surprised to see that just as a friend of his and a training partner? Yes. Uh, I, I think in that, you know, in that way, because Aldo, he, um, that's the second time that he's going to have the opportunity to fight for the title. I think it's more personal. I think Dana White, like, you know, the type of fighter he is, I guess. Uh, first time against the Hinsey Huru, I understand. 
I understood I was in Brazil. You know, he's a big name in Brazil. I don't have anything against him too. I call him out. I call him out after after Marlon's fight. You know, I thought that would be a huge fight. Two Brazilian guys fighting Brazil. I was number six. He was number nine. And now he took ahead of me number six. I'm seven. But back when I called him out, I was six. He was nine. So I think it was a fight that make that that you know it was making sense. And other than that, I came from a loss against a tough opponent. He lost to another tough opponent. It was both fights was decision. I think it was you know great, but it didn't happen. You know, um, he got the chance to fight Cejudo. The fight didn't go through. Now he's fighting Pitian. You know, it's I think he you know it's Dana White think that's you know the fight to to happen right to 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 be happening right now. You know, he's tough opponent. He's he's super tough. You know, he's. It, we all, you know, he's, I don't know how many times he, he, he was able to defend his title at featherweight, but definitely, you know, one of the greatest out there. And, and that's the reason that I want to fight him. So, yeah, so going back to the Marlon, um, they made a big deal in that fight. You know, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Jose Aldo won, you know, and I watched the fight. I was there, you know, Marlon won the fight. He, he fought, he fought a, a smarter fight. You know, and anyway, so you know he's gonna get the chance right now. You know, Marlon was Marlon was I was help I was helping Marlon to fight Ian because we kind of have like a similar style, and that's how we started training. You know, and just recently we stopped because the the relationship he has with Frankie. But we were training a lot because I was just doing myself. He was doing his style. A lot of his styles, you know, reminds me Frankie a lot. They used to train a lot. They have a great footwork. They like to do a lot of fans and things like that for throwing kicks and that. I noticed that by watching Frankie Edgar's and and training with Marlon a lot. So, yeah. So now Marlon, I see him in the gym. He's kind of like taking it easy, uh, uh, not training as hard. He has, you know, up come to the the fight against PDN. So now he's kind of like, you know, well, what do they do with them? That's the, the question, because everyone's sort of booked up. Fighters have just fought. Like, I don't know what you do. Like, maybe Dominic Cruz, I would think. Maybe that would be a fight, but I don't even know if Cruz wants to come back and fight. So I don't know. What, what do you think is next for him? Just, you know, because, again, you pay attention to the division. I think a fight that would make sense right now, talking about rankings, numbers, will be Sede Hagen. Definitely Dominic right. Cruz. Okay. Do- Dominic Cruz is a big name for me, one of the biggest names in the division, you know. Uh, I had the chance, I had the opportunity to to meet him and train with him in Rio. We stayed there for about a week. We kind of like became friends and stuff like that. He's a great guy. So great name, great name. Uh, uh, you know, Marlon, number one, Dominic Cruz, a great name. That fight could happen uh, against Sede Hagen as well. You know, I know that Sede Hagen lost his last fight. Marlon didn't, so I don't know how the negotiation is going to affect. Well, Al- Aldo lost his last fight and he got a title shot. So I think uh, it seems like they'll just book anyone, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah, so the fight that would make sense, would, I think it would be Dominic Cruz or Sede Hagen. No, no, that makes sense. And just last question on that title fight, I got to ask who who do you see who who do you, who do you see uh, who do you see winning that fight between Aldo and Jan? Because you know some people have said Jan's look good, but he hasn't fought the level of competition that say like an Aldo has. And then other people say that you know Aldo might be it might might be time he might be kind of past his prime at this point. Where do you sit on that? How do you see that fight playing out? Both ways, to be honest with you, you know. And like I said, uh. Aldo is a danger fighter. He's very explosive, you know. Um, 
you know, he has a chance to become a bantamweight world champion for sure, you know, without a doubt. But if we see, you know, his opponent, upcoming, younger, didn't take a lot of damage, uh, doesn't suffer as much to 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 make thirty five. I think Aldo, he needs to be a little bit more strategic, or he, I think he needs to like, you know, starting uh, his nutrition diet like way long. You know, I think Peter, yeah, I saw him fight week many times. He seems like normal, like. You know, we're starting to suffer like a day before the wins, not even. So that, I, I believe that makes difference, especially in punch absorption, you know, not even performance, but uh, to, observe, to absorb punch. You know, I think that if you go to too much, like dehydration, if you suffer too much, I think that, you know, especially when you get punches in your chin, you need like a little bit more like, you know, strength, be able to to observe the punches and things like that. I think that could definitely affect his performance on that. Uh, age, we see a lot of different. We see like probably almost ten years, you know, in advance. It's definitely Peter Yan is on his prime, going up. Although, yeah, I'm not saying he's going down. He's a great fighter, but he's definitely. I don't think that he's at. I don't think he's at his prime right now, and so I would be like fifteen fifty for that fight. But if you had to pick, who would you pick? If you had, if someone gave you a hundred dollars and they're like, "Hey, you got to bet this fight," who, who are you putting your money on? Peter Yan. Peter Yan. Okay, I like it. I like that. Uh, no, no hesitation there. Uh, back to your fight. Um, you've been off for a while. I know this is something we've talked about. You haven't fought since uh, the, the Aljamain Sterling fight, which was last June. I know sometimes when you've been off for that long, it's tougher to cut weight. How is the weight cut going ahead of this fight? Man, great. Because, okay. uh, like I said, first I thought I was going to fight in May before the pandemic, and then. In the pandemic, they told me that I would be fighting in June and now July. So I just kept it with the diet since like March or something. So I'm lying, waking up at 153, finishing my training session at 149. So, you know, I don't have to worry about my weight. And, you know, I'm super, I feel like super healthy and, and clean right now. Excellent. Uh, how do you see the fight playing out on July 15th? Definitely a finish, you know. Definitely a finish. I I had the picture. I had the, the I had the vision of knocking out, and also you know the 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 guillotine, because he's the guy that shoots for takedown, especially when someone's pressuring him. You know, has great wrestling skills and jujitsu. Training with Ricardo Meda, which is amazing. Um, jujitsu co jujitsu professor instructor, a master jujitsu master. And I think that he's not, he's going to use his wrestling, you know, and when he's using his wrestling and we're going to be able to grapple. And then I think that's going to make a difference in the fight. Now we're going to go down memory lane a little bit here. When you were growing up, did you have a favorite cartoon that you used to watch on television? No, but I do. I was a big, big, big time Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. I watch all his movies over and over every day. Nice. Uh, uh, Bloodsport was one of my favorites. Uh, kickboxer that his brother going to Thailand fighting uh, Tompo and Tompo broke his back and then he's training in Thailand and all that. Uh, Bruce Lee, but not a lot. More Jinklo Van Damme. Okay, I like it. You know, Bloodsport's my favorite movie of all time. Actually, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can see which, here. I have a, I have a Bloodsport poster. On my, oh, blood! Uh, oh, Bloodsport. Yeah, it was your favorite movie. Yeah, time. favorite movie of all time. I know all the words to it. Like I probably watched that movie more Dude, than any other. Dude, I know the words in the movie in Portuguese though, because <laughs> I used to watch it in Brazil. Oh yeah, you, you got the translation. Yeah, it was. And uh, then, uh, yeah. and then we have the translation there. Like the movies, they had. You can get original with the subtitles in Portuguese, 
or you can get dublado we call that we we have the translation in portuguese oh interesting uh, i would i'm curious to see what that would look like that would be kind of funny just to see them dub everything right so yeah dude like imagine like you moving your mouth right now as and then it's someone else talking in english yeah. it's someone else talking portuguese in your behalf you know that sounds that sounds like growing up it was good you know today today uh i would definitely you know um uh, let's say if I if I could understand, I would prefer like get the original and be able to and and just read. But some people they don't want to read, you know, they want to just watch the movies, and that's why they get in movies in Portuguese. I understand too. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, back to your fight, uh, we talked about the implications here. You're fighting a former champion in Frankie Edgar, huge name, but obviously not ranked yet. Where do you feel like a win would put you? Because uh, you know Garbrandt just won, but you hold a win over him, so I imagine you'd be ahead of him. Where do you see yourself in the in the bantamweight division with a win here? Definitely right here, back to top five, four, three, you know, and oh yeah, right there. I do believe that, you know, a good victory over Frankie Edgar will, will put me right there on a, on, a, on, a, on a title picture. Awesome. And I imagine, do you want like a quick turnaround? Like if you, if you come out of this unscathed, you're healthy. We see a lot of fighters getting rebooked sort of back to back. One of your teammates, Charles Rosa, he fought and then he got to fight a couple weeks later. Is that something that would interest you or do you want to space out your fights a bit? No, we'll, you know, we'll be a definitely, uh, I used to do that before, but right now I, you know, just respecting my body more and you know what, I think like a fight next to the end of the year will be great for anyone against anyone. Okay. And, uh, last question, uh, any new hobbies during this quarantine that you've done? I think I asked you this before, but I wanted to see if there's any update. Uh, have you been yes. doing anything else with your free time? Fuck yeah. I bought myself a nice boat a 23 feet obx um 240 uh for stroke yeah my motor is really nice isn't um my i posted i think it was like four posts ago four posts ago and uh it's a nice it's a nice boat and uh I stay right here in, in pompano in the marina we go to boca all the time we go to you know places here and cruise something that i have been i have been doing with the family lately and in learning too because it's it i thought it was driving a boat would be easier but it's hard you it know? is it's yeah not gravity you know it doesn't have a brake so my boat is big so i gotta park in the marina and all the here here in south florida near to miami it's a lot of boats here so it's a, a crazy traffic on the weekends so some that's it has definitely something that i like it but it's starting triggering a lot of fucking like anxiety and things like that because you, your family's in the boat that costs money. Another boat ahead of you costs money. You don't have break. Yes, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but the the good news is if you win this fight, you can have a party on that boat, right? You can invite some people over and you know celebrate. That's true, man. That's true. I haven't think about that, but that's true. Yeah. Have you done any like wakeboarding or uh, water skiing or anything like that? I'm sure it's a bit risky with your fight career, but is this surf, something you surf and skateboard growing up a lot? Oh, cool. Okay. But but lately, lately, nothing. You know, I'm get afraid. I'm a little bit afraid of Florida's water because sharks and stuff. That's right. Yeah, you don't want to get bitten. Yeah. <laughs> I stay away from the water, man. I jump and then I get right back in the boat. Like right. Quick. Okay, I like the honesty there. Uh, this is a great fight. It's coming up here July 15th. This is the co-main event, UFC Fight Night. Uh, Pedro, always great catching up with you, man. Glad to hear you get this big opportunity. Uh, just remind people where they can find you on social media. If you have any sponsors or shoutouts or thank yous, the floor is yours, man. Definitely, man. So for me, it's always an honor here, James, to be a part of your show too. Man, you're great guys. You know, have been uh, supporting me since the beginning of my career. I really appreciate all the help and support. 
And people can can find me, follow me on Instagram, Pedro Munoz, M-U-N-H-O-Z, M-M-A. So, you know, I'm trying to be active. Um, a lot of people, fans, text me. I try to I try to, to reply to everybody. Sometimes I can, but I try my best. So, yeah. So, and that's what's up. Always great talking to my next guest, Brendan Allen, who's now going to be facing a newcomer, Kyle Dawkins, at UFC Fight Night on June 27th. Uh, Brendan, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. Good to catch up with you. I feel like I didn't get to interview for the last fight, so happy to catch up with you here. Uh, and first, I actually wanted to start somewhere a little bit different. Uh, you know, you've been a dad now for, you know, a few months now, and uh, I got to imagine that's changed sort of your outlook on life and just your, your fighting career and everything. So tell me about that a little bit right off the top. Yeah, it's definitely changed. I knew it would. Uh, I didn't know to which degree it would, but yeah, it's definitely changed. It's, it's great. It sucks being away from her. It's uh, it's hard to even put in words that that feeling, and you know, I try to use it as motivation, like everyone says. But it's it's just something that I can't describe. It's just for me, at least, it's it's an emotion that has no words. That I don't know. I, I just can't describe it. But I can't wait to get back to her. I can't wait to see her. Uh, less than what two weeks now, so like eleven days I get to see her. That's that's really my only countdown. Yes, and uh, it's uh, good to see you have this uh, fight booked up. Obviously, a switching opponent. Um, we just had COVID nineteen. I know that that impacted you a bit in terms of your day to day. Was I guess the good part of it was that you got, got to probably spend more time with your daughter uh, during that time. Yeah, I, I mean, when I'm home, I get to do what I want. You know, I, I, I'm lucky now where I get to train, I get to do everything. But with the situation, it was great because I got to spend all day with her, which I normally would, but. I was I wasn't able to train. Um, all every gym was shut down. You know, local lifting gyms and everything like that. All my friends like CrossFit gyms and all those gyms were shut down. So I had nothing to do with, with that. Um, there was a lot of rainy days, so couldn't even run outside. And then when it was raining, I ran like once or twice. But then snakes started coming out, and I was like, ah, it's not my scene. And then uh, the gym that I trained at at home was moving locations right when it all happened. So. I literally had nowhere to train, nothing to do. So me and my dad were just, you know, working at my brother's house, doing some manual labor and uh, just spending time with the family. That was really it. That's all I did. Yeah. And I know initially you were offered to fight Ian Heinish on that other card that Gerald ended up fighting him on. Um, but obviously you couldn't take the fight because you, you weren't able to sort of train properly. And uh, I, I'm sure that's why you wanted to fight Heinish after because he beat Gerald, right? Some revenge, so to speak. Uh, yeah, they offered me the fight it just wasn't a good business decision. Like I told, you know, friends and people that didn't know it was, I have to look at it more as a business now. You know, I have a little one that depends on me. I have a wife that depends on me. I can't, it's not me that, that suffers if something bad were to happen and I lose and I only bring home one check. And it sucked saying no to the fight. That's the first fight I ever said no to in my whole, what total fights like 30. So I wasn't the same person for a week or two. It really, it really took a toll on me to say no. But um, like I said, there's a bigger picture now. I have to be smarter. I have to treat it more as a business. And unfortunately, that's what I had to do. But yeah, uh, right after the fight with Gerald and Ian, I told Mick that I, I figured before I say I figured that he would want some time off. Um, so I told him that I, I wanted either Shoeface or Jocko at the time. That was 14 or 15. And then finish off the year with uh, Ian because we already knew that. Well, we figured I was going to be on the twenty. This card, the twenty seventh. So uh, apparently, Jocko said no to me, even though he said he wanted a quick turnaround. 
Um, they said True Face was hurt. So they asked Ian like that night or the next day, and apparently he said yes. Honestly, I was really surprised that he took the fight to begin with. Uh, but in the back of my head, I I figured he would pull for whatever the case may be. I, I, I don't know. But, you know, it is what it is. The fight was, yeah, at the end of it, it was, you know, a little revenge for Gerald. But that fight was for me. It's It was everything that I worked for. I wanted top 15. That was my goal. Um, I always wanted to fight the kid. I, I never really cared for him. Um, I still have the messages from LFA when they signed him saying that I wanted to fight him. And they said no. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But um, the fight was for me more than anything. I, I wanted that for me. Absolutely. And I, th- I think people can understand, you know, with the pandemic and everything that, that happened um, that you couldn't find him initially. And then obviously now, uh, you know, what I heard was that he had an injury. So that's too bad it didn't come together. You guys could have unified the LFA titles, right? You guys were both middleweight champions. We could have seen who the, the real LFA uh, champ was, so to speak. Uh, you mentioned, though, that, that you didn't really like him. Is that because you didn't fight him in LFA or was there another reason why you sort of had some personal beef against Ian? No, I just think like, Personally, I just kind of think like everyone blows him up for the wrong reasons. Like, oh, he's got a comeback story. Everything that he did, he's it's self-inflicted. There's nothing that that was done to him out of his control that he came back from. That is self-inflicted. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of like his the way he acts and stuff is real fake. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. But my feelings are what matters to me. I, I just don't like he, how he portrays himself. I, I've heard about him from numerous people that have been in the gym with him and how he acts in there. And I just don't like him as a person. Like I, I don't directly know him. So I I guess I can't really say like that, but from what I hear and uh, what I have seen, I don't care for. It's not the type of person that I would look up to or have respect for per se. Understandable. And I, I like the honesty and I like the opinions here. It's not just like you're making something up. I mean, you obviously have, uh, you know, your reasons for what you've been hearing and everything. Uh, but let's talk about this new opponent, Kyle Dawkins. The thing I love about this fight is that you came up in LFA. He came up in CFFC. So it's kind of like, you know, these two promotions coming together. Um, did you know much about him before taking this fight or was he someone you had to sort of research after? No, I kind of knew who he was. Like, uh, obviously my friends like Paul and them fight, fought for CFFC and uh, Biggie fought for CFFC. So like, and then I knew he fought on contender because I was keeping up with contender. And um, so I kind of knew who he was. I've seen him fight before I, I took the fight. And that's what I I found out. What's today? Thursday. So I found out Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday while we were training. So they text Duke and I just asked Duke who the name was because I probably knew him. Sure enough, I did. Um, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, interesting because actually when we scheduled this interview initially, I mean, I thought you were fighting Ian and then literally out of the blue, they're like, oh, yeah, it's Kyle now. So uh, very fresh as far as this getting switched up. Does does the game plan change? Do you have to change much in training with the new opponent? Or I mean, you're sort of used to this on the regional scene. You had opponents drop out all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm good enough to I feel like I'm the best in the world. You know, that's that's my feeling. That's what I think in my head. So. You know, it is what it is. I just got to change a couple things, tweak a little, a few little things, and I'm ready. It's it's more focusing on me and being the best me that I can be. And when that happens, it doesn't really matter who's across. It's just just focusing me. As long as I'm the best me, I personally feel there's no man that's gonna step across the cage that's gonna that's just gonna dog walk me or just beat the brakes off me. It's not gonna happen. 
You mentioned the time off training, uh, you know, back when COVID was sort of in the thick of things. Um, how's the weight cut going? Because I know it's a little bit tougher to, you know, keep the weight down when you're not training as much. And uh, there's probably a lot of good food from your wife uh, in the house and everything. Yeah, it's, it's uh, honestly, my, my, my weight's harder because I don't eat when I'm home. I only eat once or twice a day. Like, obviously, they're bigger meals, but usually it's like a big supper and just snacking a little bit throughout the day. So that really makes it hard because it slows my metabolism down. So honestly, the weight cut's a little bit tougher right now. They, uh, I mean, all my, all the guys that I'm working with are telling me I'm fine, but for me, it's like, it's not as low as I would like it, but they all say I'm perfectly fine. It's just, uh, usually I have a couple weeks to, to tweak the diet, see what's working, what's not, and figure that out, which this time it was three weeks three weeks is what, what you have. So make it work, you know, and usually three weeks, that's why I've already got everything dialed in. And it's just, just continuing that spell and cutting portions as we go along. So it's a little different it's trying to speed up the metabolism and make it work. Cause the, the training times are, have changed for me. We got different training times. So figuring it all out, I'll be fine. You know, it's not, I'm not crazy. I think I woke up at like 202 something like that and i'm water loading already 203 something like i think 203 today uh, and i'm water loading so nothing crazy i'm not huge but it's not as low as i would like it are you working with trifecta or how are you doing your weight cut like uh, in terms of getting down so i've been working with uh lockhart mostly uh eric pina and ian larios oh nice i've been doing everything for me i keep it i talk to them like every day or every other day for sure you know, just because I'm such a head case with weight, like weight's like my biggest like pet peeve. It's, I don't know. It's always has been since I was an amateur. I've never missed, never came close to missing. So, uh, yeah, it's just always been a pet peeve. So I'm a big head case about it. But uh, I'm working with them. I trust in them. I just do what they tell me. And uh, it, it'll be, I'll be there. This, the weight won't be a problem. What about training partners for this camp? I did see some photos. Looked like you were working with Pettis. Uh, is Gerald? I imagine because he just lost. Is he taking some time off, or who, who are you getting to work with over there at Rufus Sport? Uh, yeah, Gerald's been back in with me. He's been helping me. You know, he's always there for me. Always there to help me. He was. He took like, I think like not even a week off and was back in for me, helping me. Nice, good teammate uh, right there. A hundred percent. Best. Best. You know, one of the best guys in the whole gym. And to think you guys almost fought uh, back in the day. You remember that? Yeah, now we're super close. Yeah, uh, it's crazy how that works. But anyways, yeah, continue. Sorry, you're saying your training partners. Yeah, we got Gerald Mearshart, Jordan Griffin, Anthony Pettis, JP St. Louis is coming for me. Uh, let's see, Anthony. Uh, I've even got rounds with Sergio, Rafael. I've got rounds with, with all the guys. Everyone's come together to help me out. And, you know, we just, you know, that's the kind of team we are. We have a, a lot of care for one another. And we're all there to help each other as best as we can, no matter what the size difference is. Who's going to be in the cage with you that night as far as your cornerman? Uh, I'll have Duke, uh, Rufus, Daniel Wanderlei, and Gerald. Nice. Good. Good on Gerald. i got to give him credit because, you know, sometimes when guys, you know, lose or whatever, they have a fight, they, they take the time off. But he's, he's like Mr. Cornerman, right? Like I'm pretty sure he corners almost everyone at your gym by the most, for, the, for the most part, right? Yeah, he does. He, he's, he's there. He's just, like I said, he's one of the best guys at the whole gym, one of the top, top guys in the whole gym for every aspect, you know, coaching, training, you know, he's, he's one of the guys that I think everyone looks up to the most. And, um, yeah, he's, he's just a super good guy. Like, I, I, I can never say enough good things about him. I don't think I have or would ever have one negative thing to say about that guy, nor would I think anyone else would as well. Yeah, 
No, I agree with that. Um, how's the fight playing out on the 27th, in your opinion? How do you see it unfolding? I just think there's just levels, man. I've seen him fight. I don't. His jiu-jitsu's not bad. It's real basic. But, you know, he's never fought a, a good grappler as well, at least from what I've seen. So, I like I, I always think I'm, I'm going to break him. Uh, my will, my pressure, how strong I am, how hard I hit. Uh, I don't think he's he's ready for that. And that's the goal as well. You know, I'm, I'm going out there to show there's levels. I'm going to finish him. And, you know, that that's what would have happened to Ian too. So I'm going to state my claim and make it known that a top, anything outside of top 15 guys are wasting my time. Obviously a big fight in, in the division. I know Heinish would have been a bit different because he was, you know, obviously a little bit more established in the UFC. But where do you see a win putting you here? Because, uh, you know, you've finished, you know, your last two opponents. Um, you've, you've really sort of made a mark in the UFC in only just a couple fights. Uh, like I said, my goal is to go out here and, uh, you know, show that I'm going to finish this guy. And then uh, anything other than a top 15 is a waste of my time. Uh, Ian in September, or October, like, that that's that's the matchup that I would like. I think that's the matchup that people want to see, and you know it's a good stepping stone. You know, uh, with a finish over Ian, you know, obviously seeing how Otmedov and Wyden go out and fight, you know, that's a big one. But if I finish Ian, you know, there's no reason that I jump over Otmedov as of right now before he fights Wyden because he took him to a decision and I finished Ian. You know, so that's kind of my thought. But um, and then we'll go from there. But Ian to me is next. He can't run for me forever. We get, we gotta fight eventually. It's gotta happen. So uh, I'm gonna take this fight. I'm gonna get the win. I'm gonna do my job, and uh, I'm gonna go home and spend some time with my little one, you know, for a month or so, and then uh, hopefully get something at the end of September or any time in October against him. That's that's my goal, and hopefully that'll happen. You know, hopefully get a nice contract after this. You know, three finishes, three fights, three finishes. So is this the last fight in your deal? Uh, this is my third, so I have one more after, but, you know, hopefully if they like what they see, they they want to sign me, and hopefully... Yeah, you always renegotiate after the, uh, like, before the last fight, I would think, in most cases, right? For, for most yeah. fighters. Yeah, I mean, I have a number in my head as long as I win and finish, and uh, I don't feel like it's too crazy, so hopefully they feel I'm worth the same thing, and, you know, if not, then I'll fight my contract out, and we'll go from there. You know, it is what it is. I'm not really worried about that at this point. It's just getting the win next week, and we'll go from there. And we're looking forward to it. It's June 27th and his UFC fight night. Brennan, always appreciate you taking the time, man. Just remind people where they can find you on social media. And if you have any sponsors or shout outs or anything like that, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the time as always. Um, I want to say thank you to Kerry Construction, Perfect Sports, War Tape, uh, Diamond MMA. They got the best cups in the world, man. I love them. Uh, try to think. Turp House. They, they, they hooked me up. I got to also check out my website, Brendan Allen Allen, or I'm sorry, allinallenmma.com is the website. Um, My wife loves to deal with that. She adds new stuff, continuously adding new stuff. And um, yeah, so that's really nice. Uh, Again, that's allinallenmma.com. And um, thank you to my team. You know, they've really come together and helped me. It's been three weeks and, you know, I feel great. Um, Coach Giff at Next Level, he's also come together and help me with some good stuff, which I got him a little later. And um, I feel great. I'm ready to go. And uh, I can't wait to do it next weekend. My next guest is the newest member of the UFC's roster. He's going to be making his debut next Saturday against Brennan Allen on June 27th. It is Kyle Dawkins joining me here on the program. Kyle, how are you, man? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? 
I'm doing well. Um, this is a really big deal, obviously, getting to fight a pretty notable opponent in uh, Brendan Allen. Uh, I know you won on Contender Series and you won a couple fights after that, but was this a surprise getting the call now, or were you expecting this? Um, no, I was kind of expecting it. I mean, it was just a matter of time for me. Um, I knew after the uh, Contender Series fight that I was on their radar, so it was just a matter of time, um, depending on how many fights that I won. So here it is. It, exactly. And, and I know obviously times are a bit different now with COVID-19, probably not getting to train as much as you'd like. Uh, were you just sort of, you know, getting ready just in case something happened uh, in preparation for an opportunity like this? Yeah, with everything that happened, um, it was a little trouble in the beginning, uh, getting some training in, but we got a good schedule, got a set schedule. And I've been training hard for the past, uh, like six, seven weeks. So, I mean, everything, everything's been good. So it's kind of like, uh, feels like a camp. So this is, this is like the end of the camp. Excellent. Okay, that's good. Now, who's the first person you told about the news? I saw the video or the screen grab that your manager posted. Um, but but who? aside from him, who's the first person who, who found out? Uh, my brother. My brother was here with me in the basement training. Um, my manager had called me and uh, asked me if I wanted to fight. We said, yeah. And then uh, I immediately went over to my brother's house where uh, my mom was watching his son. And I told my mom, told my girlfriend, told uh, my sister-in-law, and everybody was freaking out. What was that moment like for you? I mean, it's a big milestone. I know there's plenty of work to do in the UFC, but you made it to the UFC. Not everyone can do that. What was that like getting to tell your, your mom of all people that you made the UFC? Yeah, it was great. You know, uh, uh, when I started out, I always, I always told her and told everybody that, was that, that I was going to get into the UFC. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, or whatever, or whatever. But, you know, it's finally here, and I'm getting the recognition that I deserve, and the people are coming out of the woodwork uh, to congratulate me. But, you know... It's just another fight. That's all, uh, that's all I'm worried about. Now, uh, you talked about the training camp there, six, seven weeks. Uh, what type of training camp did you have? Like, were you able to train at your regular gym? Was it in smaller groups? Like, what type of camp have you had leading into this? Yeah, we've had, we've had, I've had a couple of guys training. I've, I've uh, trained in my basement. You know, we have mats and stuff here. And I've gone over to my buddy's house who has mats. And we've, we have a set group of, like, six to eight guys that have been training together for the past couple of weeks. And uh, I've been training just to stay ready. And, and the opportunity has finally come. So it feels good. Very cool. Uh, Brennan Allen, were you familiar with him? I know you fought in CFFC. He was an LFA guy. He was the middleweight champion over there. Was he someone that when they told you about the fight, you sort of knew already about him a little bit? Yeah. Uh, I believe he was the week after me and on the contender series, I think. And he had gotten That's the right. contract. And um, I figured I, would, I, I could potentially fight the loser uh, for CFFC if they wanted to. Um, and he was both on my radar. They were both on my radar. And he had one gotten the contract. And um, he was supposed to fight somebody else, I think, earlier, either this year or the end of last year, and they got hurt, and Kevin Holland filled in. But I really tried to get that fight, and, uh, you know, he's been on my radar for a long time, and I, I knew it was a matter of time before our paths crossed, so... Very cool. Um, now, I was, I was going to ask you about this. You know, Paul Felder trains with him. He's a, he's a Philly guy. He also fought in CFFC. Do you know Paul at all? Was that something, like, I wasn't sure if you knew him or not? Yeah, we go to the same um, strength and conditioning coach, Powered by Polar, over in New Jersey. And, uh, it, I mean, we see each other like here and there. Um, but yeah. Okay. That's cool. I, I was, wasn't sure if you were friends or not, or if you even spoke to him after getting signed to the UFC or not. Yeah, we talk, we talk a little bit. I mean, it's more of just like saying hi and Hey, what's up? Like, how are you doing? And all that okay. stuff. But gotcha. That makes sense. Um, who, who did you get to train with as far as training partners for this camp? Uh, my brother, my coach, uh, a couple of the guys at the gym have been helping me out. So, you know, it's, it, it's good because they know that, um, my success now is going to happen is, is all because of them. 
So it's going to make it's going to make my victory that much sweeter for them. Any names we might know? I always like hearing about up and comers as well, uh, like yourself. Obviously, that uh, you know, it's kind of uh, good to kind of give them some shine. Any guys we could potentially see in the UFC soon? Um, my brother Chris Dawkins, who's a heavyweight, he's uh, I believe he's eight and eight and three, eight and four, I believe, and he, he's a, he's a top contender for a CFFC to fight for the belt. I believe he's scheduled to fight for the belt uh, maybe later this year. Not really sure, but I believe that once. Um, once he gets the belt and gets the, he'll, he'll be next for the call. Very cool. Okay. And in terms of what you've seen in Brendan, how do you feel like your style clashes with his as far as the style matchup? Uh, I think I think I do very well against uh, Brendan. You know, he he's a very uh, forward pressure fighter. He likes to clinch a lot. He likes to take downs. He's 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 very heavy on top. He likes to take the back and, and um, choke from the back. And uh, I'm up for a very good jujitsu challenge. But you know, when two guys are jujitsu guys, it tends to favor the feet. And I do believe that I have an advantage on the feet as well. So I'm not really worried about wherever the fight goes. Okay. And uh, how's the weight cut going? Uh, again, I know you haven't fought in a little bit and uh, you know, you're quarantine and stuff. How's that going ahead of the short notice call up? It's going good. Uh, I have about 15 pounds of loose, so I'm not really, I don't really walk around that heavy of a, of a middleweight. Maybe, maybe the max I'll get is to 210. But other than that, it's a, it's a very easy cut. You know, um, These last 10 days are going to be very easy. It's just water loading and then just cutting everything out on Tuesday when I show up. How much of an advantage is it from your vantage point of having fought on Contender Series because you got to fight in front of Dana White already? I know the setup's a little different, but at the same time, you're not going to fight with the crowd either. So you're kind of, I would assume, sort of used to that environment already because uh, you often hear about UFC jitters. Is that something that's an advantage in your opinion? Uh, I believe it is because I fought in the Contender Series and that was at the Apex. And this fight is also at the Apex. So it's, it's a very familiar feeling to me. You know, Dana is going to be cage side and he was cage side for my Contender Series fight. So I'm going into this as if it's another... Uh, contender series fight you know it's not really a big deal to me where the fight is who's there or whatnot you know i have a task ahead of me and once i step foot in that cage nothing else outside of that cage matters to me it's just getting the w does who's going to be in your corner for this fight uh my brother chris dawkers and my coach will martinez very cool and how's the fight playing out in your opinion obviously you feel like you're going to win why side the contract but in terms of the you know the fight playing out how do you how do you see it uh, going down i think it's going to be a very tough first round but I do believe that in the second round, I will take his back and I will choke him out. Again, I know this is so fresh, this matchup and you, you know, getting signed to the UFC, but Brendan's been on a bit of a roll. If you beat him, where do you see a win sort of putting you in the grand scheme of things? I'm sure you've thought about that at least. Yeah, that was, that was the first thing I thought about. You know, he was supposed to fight a top 15 guy, I believe. And uh, if I go in there, well, when I go in there and, and beat him, it's going to put everybody, it's going to put everybody on notice that, that I'm, a top, I'm a top guy in the division and that uh, I'm something that everybody needs to be worried about. Any new hobbies you picked up during the quarantine? I'm sure you had a little bit of extra time uh, during these last couple of months. I'm not really. No, same old, no. Same old Watching, stuff. No, no more uh, TV or video games? Any, anything added there or no? Uh, playing a lot of Call of Duty lately. There we uh, go. Watching a, lot, watching a lot of The Office on Netflix as always, but yeah. That's good. Are you one of those people that like knows The Office so well that you can like quote the episodes or is it just you're just like a regular fan? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've watched the whole se- every season over and over again a couple of times, so... Kind there you sad, go. But. Like the honesty. Uh, this is going to be an awesome fight. I'm really looking forward to it. June 27th, UFC fight night. Uh, Kyle, it was great getting a chance to talk to you. Really appreciate the time. I know you got medicals and you know short notice stuff uh, to deal with right yeah. now. So really appreciate it. Uh, anyone you want to thank, any sponsors, any social media you want to plug, the floor is yours, sir. I just want to thank everybody, You know, all my training partners that have helped me with this. Um, Primal Nutrition is a sponsor. Um, Antrim Electric is a sponsor. Uh, Lucky Clouds. Just all, all, all the sponsors that have sponsored me before for my fights. Uh, most importantly, I want to thank my coach, Will, 
who has helped me from the very beginning to achieve this goal, and I can't wait for us to achieve more. My next guest is fighting once again on short notice. This time he's going to be taking on Jordan Griffin this Saturday at UFC Fight Night. It is Yusuf Zalal, the Moroccan devil, back here on the program. Yusuf, how are you, man? Very good, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Where are you going to right now? i got to ask you in the car. <laughs> so I just got out of the gym, so I just go to this uh, recovery spot, just get some uh, like a little recovery before, you know, just, just got done with practice, so kind of just get a little recovery and then go from there. Nice. Like uh, cryotherapy or massage? What, what are you, you going to be doing? Now, I wanted to try that, actually. I haven't tried that yet, but it's like, yeah, like usually like massage or like cupping sometimes or like some... Uh, movement like they sometimes they do physical movement like you move and like kind of work your muscles that are really sore and stuff so it's pretty cool very cool and this fight's really cool i'm excited i was really happy to see you get a quick uh, turnaround here from your last fight uh when did this actually come together pen to paper because obviously griffin was supposed to fight on the 13th against Derek minor and now you're fighting him so yeah man so i had a i had a client so i was doing a private and then uh, i looked at my phone and i see my my manager and then the guy who breaks down the fights and coach called me. So I'm like, I'm like, uh-oh, that means there's a fight happening. There's no way in hell I get three calls like that from my coach, my, the, the guy who breaks down the fight, and my manager. So as soon as I called my manager, he, he was like, you ready? And I was like, let's do it. I didn't even know who the opponent was until he sent me the opponent. I was like, let's do it. And that was on uh, uh, Wednesday. Okay. But Wednesday, everything came uh, came together. I signed paper and everything. One of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, I know you um, you know, you know, partake in Ramadan, I would assume, as, as a Muslim. Uh, that, that's from like April till May. So how much training are you getting in during there? Because obviously you have to fast during the day. So like I don't train that much in Ramadan. I really don't. Like my coach knows this. And, and for me, it's like I just focus on really family and stuff. Like really just do my family, enjoy my family, like. I've been like you know how fighting is like the schedule is ridiculous like you don't you barely see the family the wife and stuff like that so for me it was just that month it's all my family and giving back to people that's that's all it is to me. Excellent. Okay, so yeah, not not getting much training and is that almost like needed in a way too to kind of you know came, coming off a nice win in your last fight kind of a nice break in between things? Do you feel sort of recharged uh, heading into this camp? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean. I feel like my body is like, it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like in MMA, it's so easy to get the physical part ready. It's like you you master the technique and then the the, the mentality. That's what matters. That's what wins the fight, you know. But I do definitely 100% agree with cardio is the one that's the main top one that wins fights, especially for my style. I feel like if I don't have that much cardio, I would like, I would have lost so many fights that I should, like, one you know so it's for me that's what i i take pride in i really take pride in my how much cardio i can put on in a fight and your team's been on a bit of a roll lately uh chris gutierrez coming off in a big win uh winning by uh, leg kicks and then uh, brandon royville with the upset win over tim elliott how much are you feeding off that heading into the fight with two of your teammates picking up big wins oh god man i i train with animals man i train gangsters man i i said it Excuse me. I said it before and before, man. Even when Brandon was before and in, in when he was in LFA, I knew that guy was the most dangerous guy in the gym that I think we have. That guy is insane. Like, just to train with him and see. And he actually helped me a lot for this camp. Just the, the last week, that, that me and him just working out because he's a southpaw as well. So it's like, it's like so crazy how much the pace that he brings and like 
just that flowness, like just how he flows. It's it's amazing to see and and just Chris Gutierrez, like you said, it's like one of the best kickers I think is in the UFC and best range. So for me to to train with those guys every day and punch each other and you know sweat with each other, so it, it, it's pretty cool to to head out in a fight and say, man, I, I train with I train with the best guys in the world. So it, it's it's another day for me. Who else did you get to work with for this camp as far as training partners? Oh man, Chris Gutierrez, Jonathan was here last. Oh week. Martinez, nice. Him. Yeah, Jonathan Martinez, Brandon Rival. I worked uh, our amateurs, Markel Maderos. I worked a bunch of guys in there still. Okay, that's cool. And, you know, this is a featherweight fight. I know you wanted to fight at 135 after this. I imagine the weight's good because you to- sort of told me last time your weight was a little bit low. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, like I said, 45, not, not, not too worried about the weight, you know? But weight cutting is, is, very, is very different, man. You know, it's like you really got to... Like for me, I was I was aiming for 35. Like we were aiming for July, whatever. But I told him I was like, listen, man, if there's a short notice at 45, I'm not gonna say no. Like I'll, I'm the type of guy like, hey, man, there's an opportunity for you to aim, especially if I was 18 and seven. You know, I'm like, that's a big opportunity for me to go show that. Yeah, I might be eight and two and young, but I can I can have a name like that under my belt. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I won't say no to 45 if it's like that. And, and the weight's good right now, I would assume, as we're heading into Saturday? Oh, yeah, man. I'm like 10 pounds, 9 pounds over. Nice. Okay, that's good. Would the plan be after this? I mean, I know you'll probably have to see how this fight goes, but the plan is to go down to bantamweight after this, or will you just sort of assess and see how you feel after the fight? Definitely, man. Definitely, go, uh, definitely want to go to 35. But listen, man, if the UFC calls any of the 45er, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying no to that. I don't, I don't like saying no to the fight. So you, you give me that, let's do it. Who's gonna be in your corner for this fight? Uh, my head coach Mark Montoya and uh, jiu-jitsu coach uh, uh, Busy Mario Busy. And how's this fight playing out on Saturday, in your opinion? How do you see it unfolding? Man, I feel like he's gonna be, he's gonna be one of my toughest fights. Man, that guy is so durable. Like he's, he's, he, he, no joke. You know, it's like. Yes, I feel like he's a vet, obviously, 18 and, seven, 18 and 7 record. So for me to really go see the, just the cardio and the push and really use my movement and use all my stuff. So I'm, it's going to be a fight. That's all I can say. It's going to be a fight. It's not going to be only striking. You know, that's the crazy part about this fight. It's, it's all over the place. It's not like, you know, I'd be like, oh, this guy's a striker. This guy, this guy's everywhere. He has finishes, submissions, ground, striking. So... I'm pretty excited for this fight, man. Do you do you take sort of do you get confidence in the fact that you've never been finished in a fight? And the majority of his fights, it seems like he either wins it by submission, or if he can't submit you, sometimes uh, you know the opponent will win. Like with Chaz Skelly, he tried to submit Chaz, didn't happen. Chaz was able to survive, ended up winning the fight. Do you see that as an advantage for you? The fact that you're pretty durable and you're really good on the ground. I don't think a lot of people know about your ground game. <laughs> and like, I keep a secret, keep a secret. Nobody, yes. I won't tell nobody about my crack. I'll just say, uh, nah, man. It's uh, for me, Alec. I I don't really don't think about that. Like for me, if I if I get finished, I get finished. It is what it is. You learn from the mistakes. You get finished in the gym. You learn from him. You know, like that's how you get better, and that's how you really learn. You're not you're not you're not gonna always win if you're the hammer. You know, uh, I mean, if you're the, always the hammer, you're never gonna learn. You're always gonna be the hammer, the guy who just goes up, boom one thing you know and we always learned from especially with coach mark montoya is like i'd rather have a fighter that knows 
a lot than once than one thing. So that's that's how I think about it. It's like I want to know more in MMA than just oh he's a kickboxer from he started doing it when he was so young. So let's definitely take him down. Oh, you want to take me down? Let's let's go ahead. Like you know that's that's how I feel about it. You know. So I don't really don't care about nobody finish and this and that. And I know what I'm capable of and I know what my level, what I can do in a fight. Obviously, big fight here against Jordan Griffin. I guess, like you said, the plan is to potentially go down to bantamweight. But in general, if you get another win here, I mean, you got to feel pretty good about your chances and, and opponents going forward, just because uh, it's a lot of leverage, obviously. Yeah, man. I was like, I was like, yeah, like winning solves a lot of problems in the UFC. <laughs> that's that's where that's where we learned. I was like, hey, you you win one fight, like let's let's start getting big names, you know, and then you you just go from there. So it's like. I mean, that he fought Dan Ige, you know, and Charles, uh, uh, he fought two big guys, you know, small guys, you know, I don't know how many fights Dan Ige has in the UFC, and he went decision with him, so, you know, it's like, it's not, like, that's the names that I want, you know, you, you get to beat those guys and really show that you are, you are, you do belong in the in the UFC, you do belong at that level. Yusuf, always appreciate the time, man. I know you got a million things to do. This fight's on Saturday. But in the meantime, if you got any sponsors, social media, anything you want to plug, man, the floor is yours. Nah, thank you, man. Thank you for having me again, man. I appreciate it. It's always fun uh, having this uh, interviews. I mean, there's always good good things happening whenever there's interviews like this. So I I, I love this uh, interviews. But nah, man, shout out to my, my team, Factory X, man. And, and my gym at Landau Performance, we... Uh, I feel like it's the best strength conditioning gym in, in, in the world, man. I, it's Augie and Wrigley, they, they push us to, uh, to the limits, man. You, you really get the cardio going. And big shout out to my wife, man. She's, uh, she's a very big supporter and very making, making life a lot easier when it comes to an MMA fighter. So I can't, can't appreciate her so much. And then big shout out to my uh, sponsor, Hempcare. Hempcare Colorado, man. They, they care of, uh, take care of me CBD-wise and, and all that. Really focus on my recovery. My next guest has got a rematch coming up here against Nico Montano on August 8th at UFC Fight Night. Is Julia Avila back here on the program? The Raging Panda. Julia, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, but I did not get an impressive win a couple weeks ago. We haven't talked since then. Congratulations on uh, on, on the quick win over uh, Gina Mazzani. Was that the most satisfying win of your career? Just with the fact it didn't take you very long, and uh, you went out there and really made a statement. Actually, my fastest fight is 21 seconds. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, it was a TKO. So with age came that extra second, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it was it was really rewarding, especially on such a huge stage and with so many of my friends and family watching. And you know, she's you know, nothing to shy away from. She's a great athlete and fighter, and so um, to have that kind of a win, um, it just it feels good. Yeah, I bet. And and being in the UFC, obviously, it you know means that much more, especially with the rankings and everything. Um, did you have a lot of fighters reaching out after that win, just complimenting you on the victory? Because I know that clip kind of went not viral, but I did see it up, uh, you know, everywhere, every now and then on social media. I'm sure a lot of fighters were were giving you props for that. Yeah, there was a lot of fighters, and which was actually really cool because, like, you know, I'm kind of first rung. <laughs> and um, it's just really cool to get that kind of recognition from my peers. That was my goal this fight, is to go out there and earn their respect and earn the respect of the, the, the producers and the cameramen, and just, I think I, I did that, and it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Like, even Amanda Nunez posted something, which was, like, I fan Pretty girl. awesome, let's be Super honest here. Hard. That, you know, yeah. double champ acknowledging someone, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, 
it was uh, way cool. And <laughs> I kind of, kind of like lost my lid there. But um, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it's really cool to earn the respect of my peers, like I said. So. I know it was a quick win. Did you take any time off after the fight? Because uh, again, you know, you got this fight coming up here on the eighth. I'm sure you were right back in camp. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did take it a little bit lighter throughout the week, um, but the very next morning, I got up and ran six miles um, right before our flight. Uh, and then when I got home, I you know kickstarted, went to sparring, went to yoga, went to my weightlifting is back. My numbers are up you know, in the 200s. So I'm, uh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to get back after it. I, I would think most fighters are not running six miles shortly after they had their fight. Um, what, what prompted you to do that? It was just like, you want to keep, you know, things going and, or, or did you feel like you wanted more in that fight and you didn't get it? So the six miles would kind of compensate for that. It's just habit. Yeah. I mean, it's I, a lifestyle, I did right? it. Yeah. yeah. It's a lifestyle. I, uh, I did it. <laughs> I would have done six miles, whether I won or lost, whether it had been a five round five, you know, fight or 22 seconds. It's, it's just, uh, something that I do, something that I enjoy. Um, I mean, that's why I do this for fun, right? <laughs> because it's a passion. So, and, and you've got a full-time job. I was going to ask you about that. Did they give you any time off after the fight or were you right back to work on Monday? Right back to work on Monday. Nice. Um, back in the office actually it's the first time since um the pandemic so we all have our masks i'm actually closed in in my office right now um full 7 to uh, 7 a.m to 5 p.m and then back to training 6 to 9 uh you know full schedule just as usual now, how is that? Because you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of like Clark Kent to a certain degree. Like, you know, you have this double life, like you're a fighter and you have a day job. Now, do you, do you get like a, acknowledged at work when you come back about the win? Like, is there like a company wide email being like, hey, Julia won her fighter? Is that is that something that, you, that they kind of separate from you as an employee? Uh, actually, no, they I mean, it is a huge part of me. And uh, they do. They everyone watches the the CEO sent me an email, which I thought was really cool. They celebrated it on um on the intro net and so it's uh when i win it's like everyone wins right everyone takes a part in it and i and that's really what i want to convey um through my fighting is just like i don't do this on my own i do it with the help and the support of everyone around me whether it be you know helping me out in the office or like helping me out in a workout it's it's a collective win so uh it, yeah, I, I get a lot of recognition here and everyone celebrates it. Everyone is super excited. So. Let's talk about this fight on the 8th. When did you actually sign pen to paper on it? Because it seemed like it happened just a few days after the fight. Uh, was that accurate? Did you find out sort of right away? Yeah, I'm, I mean, we were talking about uh, a quick turnaround. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, there was a, a shorter notice fight, but um, I think this one's a bit more appropriate. Um, and you know, it's, it's just better for me all around. Um, so yeah, so you, we took a seven week instead of yeah, my previous two fights in the UFC were both short notice fights. So, uh, having a full camp this time around is really nice. It certainly is. And you guys have history. Like I mentioned, this is a rematch. Uh, let's go back to that HD MMA seven, January, 2017. What do you remember about that fight? You won, but uh, just looking back, what, what sort of stands out to you as far as your performance in the fight and the way you won? Uh, it was a brawl. Um, 
I think I was very sloppy. Uh, I remember my coach yelling at me um, saying, no kicks, no kicks, because my kicks were awful. <laughs> Um, I think I've grown a lot more as a martial artist and as an athlete. And I think we're going to see a, di a, a different side of, of my martial arts, especially with her. Um, I know she's mostly a, a wrestler. And so people haven't really been able to see that part of me um, in uh, the UFC. So hopefully I get to showcase that a little bit this time around. Where do you feel like she's improved since the first time you guys fought? I'm sure you've been looking a bit at tape since, you know, obviously she won the title. She's on the Ultimate Fighter. Like, I'm sure you're taking note of that heading into this fight. Yeah, um, I know that, um, especially with Juliana Pena, um, her wrestling really showcased, um, was huge, huge uh, asset to her in that. And so I know that that's going to be a big part of her game. Um, I Obviously, she's had some time off. Um, due to injuries and this and that and so um i don't know i'm uh she is kind of an enigma at this point because it's been so long so she could have been working on you know her muay thai this whole time uh but i just won't know until we get in that cage but i'll i'll prepare for all of it i'm really excited um to see where we both are and how we both match up and how much do you think mentally, uh, you know, it's an advantage having that win before? Do you think she's even thinking about that? Or is that, you know, like, like, what are your thoughts on, you know, a rematch where, you know, you're the winner heading into it? You know, there was, it was a decision win. It was a unanimous decision win, but I was also the hometown girl. So I'm sure that there's a little bit of backlash, not from her or her camp. They they were very professional about it, but a lot of the fans will would say that it was swayed one way or another. So I, I'm really hoping that this time it's a little bit more definitive. Um, it's you know, a, a, a submission or a TKO or a KO or whatever. Um, so that way that there's no question. Um, I don't like leaving it up to the judges. Um, so, you know, uh, she and I were both two really tough broads. So we're going to both go out there and we, we both have something to prove. Um, I need to prove that I, I'm not just hype and she needs to prove that she, she you know, this layoff wasn't, a bad thing for her. So, um, yeah, we're just going to go out there and brawl. What's the camp going to be looking like for the next uh, seven weeks with the fact that stuff's opening up now, like you mentioned, you're back in the office. Um, how, how, how have you sort of decided on what, what camp's going to look like going forward? Same. I mean, I still train, train with the same people. Um, we were co quarantining, so, um, it was very secluded. Um, it still is, you know, I don't just, train with random people. Um, I have a private facility. I have all of my own gym equipment. Um, I mean, there's really no change for me, uh, except now that my opponents or opponent, uh, has the gym open up to her too. So I think it'll be a little bit more of a fair fight, which I'm, I, I'm grateful for. How do you see the rematch playing out? Uh, last fight, like you mentioned, went the distance. You just finished your last fight. I think, uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I think everyone's expecting to sort of see more of that. Uh, how, how do you envision the fight playing out? This one will be a lot more methodical, but definitely aggressive. Um, it's not going to go the full three rounds. Um, not if I have anything to say about it. Um, like I said, I want, I want a definitive win. I want all of my wins to be definitive wins. Uh, because I'm lazy. <laughs> I don't want to go three rounds. <laughs> uh, no, I think, um, I think it's going to be a very, uh, uh, hopefully a fight of the night. 
No, I, I think so. Just like you mentioned with the first fight being pretty entertaining, I'm sure the rematch is going to play out similarly. Uh, where do you see a win putting you? Because obviously, uh, you know, she is a former champion. You do have the win over her already. It was outside the UFC. Um, I, I'm sure you've thought about that in terms of the rankings, because if you continue this momentum, you're going to start getting some of those big fights. Yeah, you know, I think after if if and when I do win, um, I will definitely definitely be looking at that top 10 range maybe not top five I don't I think that would be a too too much of a rush but um I think that would be reasonable and uh I you know I have to believe that I can beat anyone in the division and I do um just given the right camp and the right situations so uh, I'll definitely be looking into that and be setting my goals high and do you see this? I mean, we're sort of hearing rumors now about Amanda Nunes potentially retiring. I'm sure you're paying attention to that with her being the champion in your division. Uh, do you do you think that's a possibility, or do you see her staying sticking around? Just as a fellow fighter, sort of your opinion on the whole thing. Well, um, I mean, she's she's the goat. She's the greatest. She can do whatever she damn well pleases. Um, I would love to fight her. I would love to have the opportunity to fight her. But if she does retire, I would love for her to coach me. Um, I just think she's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, she's a black belt. She has a lot of power, um, great movement. And, uh, you know, I just want to get the opportunity to, to work with or against her. <laughs> Very cool. No, I think that's a, that's a great option. And hopefully uh, we'll, we'll see sort of what she decides there, but I'm with you. Like she's done everything she needs to do. Like, even if, you know, Irene Aldana gets past Holly Holm, like I still think, you know, Nunes would be favored in that fight. So we'll have to sort of see what happens there. But uh, I know you got to get back to work. I always appreciate you taking the time, Julia. Always great catching up. Uh, just remind people where they can get a hold of you on social media. And if you got any sponsors or shout outs, the floor is yours. Hey, Panda Nation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Raging Panda MMA. And uh, go ahead and give me a like, a follow, um, subscribe. I think I have a YouTube channel that I need to update, but it has really cool jujitsu um, tournaments. And uh, stay clean, fight filthy.